What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Ship Podcast, episode 112. Uh, and today I am talking to uh, fantastic CTR or CTI. Sorry, I get them confused. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm new here. Um, so the <laughs> CTI one that I have, uh, I've recorded a bunch of podcasts that will come out after this where I affectionately refer to her as Mini-Me because as you'll see, uh, very similar uh, in the way that we uh, see the world of naval leadership uh, on the enlisted side of the house, especially. And we, we went through a ton of different um, like aspects of that and uh, went pretty deep on a lot of them. And then uh, you'll just you'll see what I mean. <laughs> it's it's pretty hilarious. And then uh, also she's working on starting a podcast that will uh, be distributed through me. So I'm really excited about that as well. Um, so without any further ado, check it out. Hey, real quick, if you can and you're willing to support us uh, in whatever way you can, we always really appreciate it. With the best ways to do that, go to patreon.com slash podcast, pick a tier that's right for you and support us if you can. We would really appreciate you. Lots of really cool benefits there. Go check them out. Also, don't give up the ship apparel. It's dgutsapparel.com. Get yourself some naval pride and heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of cool shower shoes, little like uh, drawstring bags, all kinds of cool stuff, a bunch of really cool custom stickers, and then the challenge coins and, and Don't Give Up The Ship podcast apparel is there as well. So please, if you can and you're willing to support us, go to those two places uh, and find whatever way works best for you. It's dgutsapparel.com and patreon.com slash podcast. Thank you. All right. So. Uh, like we talked about, just start with a uh, like quick bio. You don't, you know, go into as much detail as you want to, just so the listener has some context on who you are and what you do, and then we'll go from there. All right. So I'm CTI one Ariana Lacusa. I'm a Spanish linguist. I've been in the Navy for almost 13 years, which is, and of that, I want to say it's probably a little different than traditional Navy. Yeah. I had the first seven years in a joint command in the same mm. UIC, did not move, nothing changed. Um, we were just limited in our options from there. Mm. I transferred um, and I've spent the last five years in the same UIC that I'm in now. Um, wow. I've, although I've only been to two commands, mm. I've been through four tours um, and I've dealt, everyone else has turned over, maybe not everyone, but a lot. Um, so even though it's the same building, it, it has felt very different as I've gone. Right. It. Um, and I've had a lot of bumps along the way, some bigger than others. I've learned a lot. Um, and I just keep doing what I can do in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. Less than 30 days and ready to move on to the next adventure to an actual yeah. new place. A real new. Nice. Nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See some, hopefully a different part of the Navy sort of. Exactly. Um, so what's the like it one of the things that's interesting to me about the CT community is how wildly different it seems to be from the rest of the navy like what cuz you just described a little bit of it like can you kind of go into some of that like and and you know I know you like you haven't necessarily experienced the rest of the navy so comparing and contrasting might be a little difficult but you have an idea of what it's like so like what's like how different do you have like do you have like friends that are like I don't know like a BM on a ship and then you guys kind of like talk about it and like I'm Absolutely. curious to know like how wildly different it is and it, like good thing bad thing a little bit of both yeah uh, uh, so yeah. I my brother joined the Navy before I did he was a nuke um, mm -hmm. on a carrier for a couple years 
And that was why I joined the Navy because we were poor and I didn't have any money. And he yeah. had all this. He had a car. He had a place to live. <laughs> yep. He had health I insurance. Just, I was like, just talking sign to John Rennie about that, about how a big, how big of a leap forward it is for economically disadvantaged people to join Absolutely. the military. I was reading a, I was reading a psychology paper about um, they were talking about like race uh, playing a role in incarceration rates. And then they were, but they were looking at it through the lens of like uh, veterans and non-veterans and it was way lower among veterans. And that's one of the things they were like theorizing was that um, because they're, it's like such a hugely forward, like you get paid relatively well, you get, they provide you with everything, which is kind of place unseen, to live, food, un- transportation, yeah. you can unseen get on benefit. Yep. Health insurance, everything. You don't have to worry about anything. And then there's all the benefits of like tuition assistance, a GI bill. So you can buy a house, you can get a college education. That's all before you even get out of the military. And then if you stick around and retire, you get a pension, you get potentially VA benefit, all this stuff. And I mean, it's like a huge leap forward. I felt like like I was going into like luxury from not poverty or anything. I mean, we survived, we were fine, but my mom worked hard. Like it, it was, it was a big motivator for me to see my mm-hmm. brother supporting himself on his own and yeah. i'm like i'm gonna do that so yeah. but he had he was in the navy for four or five years he was on a carrier right away i mean power school and all that took a really yeah, long time yeah, yeah. but years. i mean he did that so i joined the navy and in my first seven years in that joint command mm-hmm. i as cts most of us work together so command i had ctis ctrs a couple ctns there was a bunch of them they just didn't work in my general location Mm-hmm. Um, and now I work with like ISs, ITs, things like that too. So mm-hmm. it, what's different is that those, those first, that first tour, that first <laughs> command, it was a joint command. Now this one that I'm at now is a pure Navy command. And so my whole experience in the Navy, the first seven years, I had different opcon and adcon. So my, my boss that I worked for every day was a Marine, uh, or I worked okay. for the Air Force too for a while, but I still had an yeah. LPO. I had a chief and but I didn't really interact with them that much. I just, when I needed to route something or it was time for evals or they wanted something from me, it wasn't a day to day, anything, you know, stuff going on in my personal life. None of that mm-hmm. was addressed with my chain of command from the Navy. They just weren't involved because they didn't see me that often. We weren't even, I mean, sitting in the same type of space. Uh, okay. And then I came here where I am now and it's pure Navy. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. those are the people that you're with every day and you see them all the time for the most part. Um, yeah. And it's, it's kind of a small command, but we do have a lot of people. I, I'm friends with someone who was a prior BM that converted to a CT mm. rating. Um, uh, there's another one who was an MU and then converted to CT. And yeah. It's um, a wild transition. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> think like, I want to be in the real military. Can I go right. do something else? Yeah. That's funny. And, and so that's something that gets said all the time in our community. And, and I felt like guilty for a while that because people would say oh you're not in the real navy when you get to the real ah, navy. i don't think that's true like, and, and I, not of cts that's exactly and i so on. ctrs yeah. they do have a normal seashore flow and ctis mm. generally do not uh, we're very limited okay. in what where we can go especially well, yeah i mean ability and all that we had ctis on the boat when we would do you know particular missions but uh it wasn't always and there was only a handful of c i mean there was the CT detachments, I mean, they were anywhere from like, we take like four to six on some right. things. And then like, but they're the not most... PCS afloat, right? They fly no, out. No, they're just hanging there. out. Yep. They go on deployment. Yeah. And then when the, like when the mission's over, first opportunity to get off the boat, they're gone. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of them but, got their fish though, which I had a lot of respect. That's for. awesome. So yeah. that was cool. 
but I, yeah, I've, I felt really bad or not like good enough for a long time because I wasn't in the real Navy and yeah. I let that get to me. And then finally, I don't remember who it was, but someone explained, this is as real as it's going to get for you. This yeah. is your Navy. This is real for you. This mm-hmm. is going to be your job probably just like this, as long as you're in and you need to take it and don't feel like you're disadvantaged yeah. and th- I, I'm going to, I'm going to work with what I have and not to discount what anyone in the Navy does, but right. considering where we're at in our, in the technology, in the world, yeah. this is so important. Oh, yeah. This plays That's a what I'm big saying. role. Like, our so intel is, is what is the reason why Ukraine is hanging tough. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a small thing what you guys do. Like, and and also, who are you telling about, like, if, struggling with value in the, like, <laughs> I was a cook for 21 years. Like, yeah. and not just a cook in the Navy. I was a cook on submarines. And it's it's wildly different the way, it, at least it seems to be, the more people I talk to, the more I get this impression that the surface community, it's not like that. Like, cooks are just another raid on the ship doing their job, blah, blah, blah. On submarines, we're the redheaded stepchildren. Like no one, like everyone talks trash about, which it's, it's insane to me to hear so many people who I consider smart, say such stupid things, <laughs> knowing full well that like, I like, and uh, this can sound a little arrogant, but like, I'm the smartest person in the room in most rooms I'm in. Like, I'm not, I know I'm intelligent and it's like, you're I'm sitting here having to listen to you telling me, what do you know about a cookie? Like, dude, shut up. Like, we it have just a really blew big my problem mind. with that in the intelligence yeah. community because these people mm. score really high on their ASVAB or they're very, very oh, capable that's of some a technical of intelligence. skill. I score real high on my ASVAB too, clowns, and I and, was a cook anyway. Yeah, yeah. and but uh, there's a lot of people think the that rest. they are intelligent and that that makes gives a but like I'm in the intelligence community. Value so of something different. No facto. I'm intelligent. No, no, it is. <laughs> it's it's rough out here. I won't lie to you. Uh, um, but yeah, it's there, it, there's a lot of difference to quote unquote the real navy, the big navy, the sea going mm-hmm. navy. Um, but yeah. it's just as real for us as it is for anyone else. We get paid the same. We wear the same uniform. And this is my very real job yeah. that I'm going to continue to do. So what are the opportunities for, cause you mentioned a little bit before we started recording, but what are the opportunities like for you to deploy or, or anyone in your like community to deploy? It, it does depend. And there's differences based on rating. So as a CTI, mm-hmm. there are, it goes off of your language and we have different categories okay. of language and you got to think about what's going on in the world and what we might want right. to do with that. Um, me as a Spanish linguist, not so hot right now. Not yet. Um, not so much going right. on, but <laughs> I know, you know, I have, I have friends who are CTIs who have done sub duty. They've done air crew. They've done different mm. direct support missions. That's where they've been assigned. Um, so it does exist. It is possible. It's yeah. not always available. So, so there's opportunity, my double, but it's pretty low. Exactly. Like my back to back tours in these two places was because that mm. was literally the only thing available to me every time. Gotcha. I was up. So uh, I want to say, I think the last time that I looked at orders, not for this transfer, but the one before there was a direct support for an air mission, but mm. I was limbo at the time. And so I couldn't execute. Oh, and they gotcha. were like, no, just, just stay. You're fine. It's so okay. Do, stay here. Do they have, um, so they, if they don't have opportunities for deploy, are there, is there like a variety of duty at all in like, are there instructor billets or are there like, uh, like higher echelon leadership things or what, or is it all just bouncing from like intelligence gathering place in a black box to another intelligence gathering place in a basement? You know what I mean? Like, yes, is it, I'll is, say, 
for the most part, it's pretty much the bouncing around for the most part, okay. uh, especially for the CTIs. We, mm. like I said, I'm Spanish linguist, like 90 something percent of our billets are in one box. And then okay. where I'm going, where I am now, I'm one of two. And where I'm okay. going next, there's nine total billets with that NEC with all ranks. Like if there's not a okay. lot of opportunity, um, you know, we have little onesie twosies here and there. There's special duties that you can do. And yeah. depending on our manning, there are times where they say, absolutely not. We're not releasing anyone for anything special. No RDCs, yeah. no instructor, yeah, yeah, no yeah, recruiting. Yeah. Um, but then other times where, hey, we're a level over manned, but we don't want to lose you completely because we're going to need right. you. So you can go out of rate for, you know, one of these special tours. And then things, you know, the CTNs and the CTRs are a little different. There are some uh, CTNs don't have a normal C shore flow. They have an OCONUS, mm-hmm. INCONUS flow. And so sometimes they will have C duty that mm-hmm. I know of one option for them. Um, and it's, I've heard great things about it. I know CTNs who couldn't wait to go back and that's their mm. personality type. And there's others who would be totally fine to never see water ever again in their life. <laughs> and and they can probably get away with doing that Yeah, because yeah. it's just, and it wouldn't even harm their career. And people want it. Cause absolutely. it's not, it's not absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, because okay. it's just um, not there. So what <laughs> I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong, but like, I feel like you have a certain level of like, frustration with the community so like if that's accurate and tell me if it's not uh like what keeps you going like what keeps you around this long what keeps you uh what keeps you motivated to continue doing that and and you know like promoting the chief hopefully and and then going from there um well i i do i do have some frustrations and they vary Mm. on you know what exactly the root cause of it is but then there's been different things that have kept me around depending um when I'm a single mom of two kids and mm-hmm. when my first enlistment was coming up, I had just had a baby three months prior. And so I was like, yeah, okay. I don't want to go back probably, to being poor and not having health probably insurance. Probably a good time to stick around. So yeah. I'm going to go Fair ahead enough. and do another reenlistment and yeah. I'll, you know, I'll yeah. finish my degree and I'll, I'll be ready mm-hmm. and then I'll get out. And I'll be ready um, to get out. Yeah, like, exactly. The, the and then, unicorn that is that concept of yes, ready to get out. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I did my next tour and I had, and by I say next tour, I mean our first enlistment contract for most CTs is six yeah. years. So okay. I did the six and then I was working on the next four. And during mm-hmm. that set, I went through those big, big road blocks and speed bumps that I mentioned earlier. Um, and I was this close to getting out of the Navy. I was limb due okay. for mental health. Um, I had lost yeah, my clearance. I was going to say, are we, al- are we allowed to talk about the big speed bumps? And- yeah, absolutely. Like, I, mean, I, I don't mind how- at all. Um, all it's, right. it's been way beneficial for me in the end. But I, mm. so yeah, I had lost my clearance due to mental health. I was on okay. limb due for mental health. Um, I had returned my seaway quota to intend to separate to get out of mm. the Navy. Um, I had dealt with some unfortunate leadership uh mm. that directly influenced me and 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 i let it i let it influence me more than it probably yeah. should have mm. um, along with a lot of other things going on with my life and my family and things like that and so it was just a just all of this stuff just piling yeah. on me that i i just couldn't i couldn't take it anymore and i was ready to go mm. um and fortunately i got reevaluated. i was cleared mm. from mental health i was let back into my the, the black box the building that we work yeah. in but I didn't go back to the division I was assigned to. They didn't want me anymore. I was seen as this problem child after these issues that had come up previously. So I was sent to go work in the holding division department in the command. Um, and we had a senior chief uh, acting as he was the department chief. He had just been there at the time. Mm-hmm. He's now a master chief, but 
he, you know, he was the home for broken toys, people that yeah, were yeah. not cleared or in a med board That's status my or whatever. Favorite thing is the island of misfit. Like, send me everybody. My favorite stories <clears throat> in the military are people like that. That like, um, I had a kid that I got a he, like. He had been kicked off two different submarines. Was sitting at uh, a submarine squadron. The commodore was going to process him out of the navy. For whatever reason, there was a like change in the winds, and he was like. He told the squadron CS, he's like, hey, if you can find a boat for him, I'll second chance into that boat. Um, and my buddy Rob called me and goes, hey, man, I got this kid. Uh, blah, 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 blah. He needs a boat. Do you like any? And I that dude say less. Send him down. Like, yes. Yeah. I don't even because if you think about the things like that, practically, it's like worst case. Like this kid is on strike two and a half. Right. Two point seven five. Whatever. Like. <laughs> right. It's like if he even looks at me, sneezes wrong, wrong. he's out of the Navy, right? right. So worst Won't case be your problem scenario, for long. yeah, worst case scenario, he comes down here, does something stupid. I boot him back to squadron. He's out of the Navy. And then best case scenario. Oh, and I also like being an opt a little bit of an optimist in these scenarios anyway. Um, I was like, worst case scenario, I get him for he like he's going on deployment with us. So like I get him for that deployment. He's a warm body to do something. And then he screws up and gets processed out of the Navy. So I I get that my Manning bumped up for that one deployment, which is amazing. And then I'm like, so that's worst case scenario. Best case scenario, this kid is what happened. Yeah, best case scenario is what happened. He found a sense of belonging amongst people and leadership that cared about him. And he flourished. He got mapped to third class and like was just everybody loved him. He went to the galley, got uh, he was in a really like the biggest the biggest um, like stressor he had that was causing all the actual issues, which is I, I sound like a broken record, I'm sure. But like when you actually find out why someone is is acting contrary to the UCMJ and fix that instead of just punishing them for coloring outside the lines, right. shockingly, they correct themselves. Right. So it's like this kid his his issue was he was in a toxic relationship with this wife of his that every they would get in a fight and then he would drink and then like they get in an argument and like got arrested for domestic violence because she wouldn't let him leave she was blocking him and keeping him in the house and stole his car keys and when he snatched his car keys out of her hand so he could leave the situation which is what his chief told him to do and i would come pick him up she, one of her nails broke off and they called that like assault and they arrested him. And I'm like, yeah. you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Like, I yeah. was just like, come on, man. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And so I went and picked him up and whatever. And we got him a barracks room and did all the things, right? I was at all the court dates with him. But he finally got out of this relationship. He's like, his, his Facebook and Instagram stories look like a rom-com. Like, no. he's so happy. He's so happy with his new wife. They just had a child. Oh. He's flourishing. Yeah, and it's like awesome. that is is to me like the that's the point. So like, worth that's it. That's what you're supposed yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's what you're supposed to be doing as as leaders. So like that, those types of situations, like I get the call that you're like, oh, they don't want her anymore. Fuck, send her over. Say less. Right. I don't and, even and that's, care. I, and that's I could that's you could happened. send you could send you to my galley. I'd be like, say less. I'll teach you right. how to cook. Come on, yes. let's go. 
Someone like, to work. Great. I, well, our manning okay. is a problem. We'll, we know that. We'll like, figure it out. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, um, it's but insane. yeah, that's what happened. And so they sent me to go work in this holding Good. department. Um, not to work. They sent me to go be there. They sent me to be yeah. held in the holding department. Yeah, 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 yeah. And their LPO, which historically that position had been held by whoever happened to be highest ranking, mm-hmm. who was on their way out the door for whatever right, reason. Right. Um, and that person had literally PCS the week prior. Yeah, yeah. And so the senior chief was like, up. Hey, can you, can you do this for me? And then I would yeah. do it. And he'd be like, Hey, can you have this? Can you do that? And he'd give me like a little bit more. And he had heard mm-hmm. all, the, I mean, I, I was, he heard all the negative I was a things black about sheep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And he was like, yep. I don't really care. And cause he's been doing I, his own stuff. Yeah. And, and God and bless so, him. Like I'm, I'm like, I hear it. But I'm like, I'll be the judge of that. Like, right. I, I'm you got right. a completely clean whiteboard when you come to me, and which is how you, it should be until you make it unclean, and then right. it's a different thing. But and even then, I'm probably yeah, you know, like we'll work through it usually. Right. But yes. yeah, yeah, that's uh-huh. good. But yeah, good he for just, him. He Shout just out fed to me Master Chief. little. Yes, he's he's the greatest. Hell yeah. But just fed me like little bits just to see what I was mm-hmm. capable of and what I was willing to do. Yeah. Um, and earned me. better, you know, and, and taught me along the way. And, and that was yeah. part of the thing that had gotten in my in my way before was shocking. I, had, I, I revolutionary I in, technique. Right. And letting people <laughs> fail. I think it's super valuable to do, sure. but you have to yep. train them when they yeah, fail. You, have to teach you can't them just to let it. them fall on their face over yeah. and over again. Right. And um, and then and then subsequently like give them, a, I was going to say something else, give them a hard time when they fail. And it's like, but you never taught them how to not fail. Right. So like, yes. who's, who's at fault here? Right. Leader. Yes. Like, uh, and yeah, that, yeah. that was the situation that I had been through before, which had led to all these other things and just mm. led me to be this thing that nobody wanted. And I was, and, I'm, and right. I'll be honest, I talked a lot of crap about people. I was mad. I was a victim and I would of course complain to anyone who would listen to me. And I mean, yeah, that's not how you do you that. Were. I learned. I mean, um, yeah, but it's it's understandable. Like there, there was the appropriate inputs to to get that output out. Like because, again, like any time like so if you have what what the institution considers like a malfunctioning sailor. OK, but why? Why are they malfunctioning? What's happening? What need do they have that's not being met? And how can we how can we fix that? Right. Like it's um, it's not that complicated. Yes, I, I agree with you. And and again, this is all like, you know, 20 yeah, or yeah. hindsight being 2020, right? Like I, this right. has been a few years now, Um, but I was just this, no one would talk to me. No one in leadership mm. would talk to me, not a single khaki. Um, they would not approach me. They wouldn't look me in the eye. No one took me seriously. It didn't matter what it was. Um, and so he let me kind of earn my way and yeah. eventually led to me trying to get my Seaway quota back, which mm. we were ridiculously overmanned. And they said okay. no. He called my ECM and was like, hey, this girl yeah, needs to did. stay. She got Get screwed. Master Chief. She needs to stay. That ECM yeah, called did. me on my cell phone over Thanksgiving break a couple of years ago. and was like, hey, I heard you want to stay. What's yep. going on? What are you going to do? Why? We talked. Mm-hmm. Within a week, I had my quota back. I reenlisted. I got to yep. stay. Um, I He filled a need somewhere else. And I ended up mm-hmm. filling in as the department chief for this holding department, but then also all these other things that I started doing and just Mm. the complete jump of where I had been and the perception of Mm -hmm. what I was capable of and, and what had been put into my head of what I was capable of then to see now just the drastic change in, in where I'm at that I can, 
I mean, it's just, it absolutely changed my entire life. I would be living yeah. in my mom's house with two kids, no mm-hmm. job, no nothing. Um, but I, and I turned it around and a big part mm-hmm. of my, that driving factor was yes, that leader and, and, and more than yeah. just him in the end who helped me along the way. But then right. it turned into a little bit of like pettiness, just to be honest, just a little, yeah. because this person had ruined me. And so, mm-hmm. and we had had a conversation once and, and this person said, if you let, you know, this one thing get to you or this, if you let one person get to you, yeah, you're never going to make it um, or whatever. And so I just thought to myself, wouldn't it be nice if someday we could just cross paths and I'd be like, well, don't you look <laughs> at me now. Um, and yeah, I, I got to do that with my second leading CS uh, on my boat, who's this just. I won't go, but he wasn't great. And then, uh, I got to see him, uh, he got, he retired as a first class. Uh, and I mean, I was a chief before he retired. And then, uh, I encountered him on my way out to do an inspection on a submarine as a senior chief. And he was in the, the, so we had these transfer vessels. So like to get out onto a submarine for inspection, they drive them out and then we do a transfer and they get like food and parts and whatever. And then like, but for the ballistic missile submarines, it's like this giant ship, uh, that's operated by like MSC or something. And, uh, he, there was like a, there's a galley and he was in there cooking me breakfast. Nice. <laughs> it's just like I walked by, I was grabbing my eggs and stuff off the line, looked up briefly made eye contact. He pretended, Good morning. Like, he didn't, he pretended like he didn't see me. Right. But I was in uniform, seeing chief anchors all shiny. I was just right. like, what's up, dude? Yep. Yep. Who's not going to amount to what now? Yeah. 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 I, and just for the two of us, for Cathartic. just for later, um, just to say that I, I wasn't there. I was in a class. So I was out that week. But that mm. person had come to the command, to that building, to participate in a ox standards or rating council or something like that. Mm. And my picture is nice and big on the quarter deck from my <laughs> sailor, the quarter sailor of the year. Nah, one. And I was like, mm, I hope they saw it. I really hope, but I'm like, I'm just going to let it go. And, and it'll all come out and someday we'll run it. It's a small yep. community and someday. Yep. And, and as terrible as those times were, I am extremely thankful for having gone through that yeah. because I learned so much from that. Mm-hmm for myself, what to do with other people, how to respond in those types of situations. And I would absolutely not be that type of person. I had a big ego when I was younger um, and it would (laughs) have overtaken me had I not had to deal with this. I wish I hadn't had to deal with it so hard, but um, it it absolutely helped in the long run. So I, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, and then just being, being that person, what that master chief did for me, being that person mm. to other people is what keeps me yes. going every day now. Yep. Okay. Great. Because, answer. because there's not enough of it in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And there's, I just, yeah. every, and you say it all the time, people are entitled to this and they absolutely yeah. are like, it's, this is what we are here for. And, yeah. and that's, a, only that's something you- that. I don't think a lot only of reason understand. I was getting a paycheck. Yeah. Like, right. and, and it's the only reason you're getting a paycheck, especially, especially when you put on khakis, because that's the dividing line where it's like for to to an extent, you can get away with saying, well, I'm a technical expert or I'm an operator or I'm a technician or whatever, whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm that's a doer. not your job anymore. When you put on khakis, it's not your job anymore. Like unequivocally, like you can make an argument that senior first classes or LPOs or people in certain positions as first classes are like 
to an extent it's not their job anymore but also kind of is like depends blah 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 but like right. when you put on khakis it's that's not your job anymore right um you're the only reason you're getting a paycheck to wear a khaki belt to work is because is is that is taking care of people and, and I, I absolutely like, agree yeah. and that's one of the biggest frustrations that i have and I, I want to say with the Navy, right, but my, my experience with the Navy is limited. So I'm going to at least say my community right. is that give a crap factor is not quite there all the time in the way that I believe that it should be. And yeah. because in my opinion, that is exactly what they're for. The, the mm-hmm. upper level leadership, you were there for those sailors, for your yeah. juniors to enable them to do their mission to whatever it is that they're doing. And the leaders that we have, maybe not all of them, that I'm not trying to bash right. anyone, but so often that's not what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. for various reasons. I have different thoughts about why that is happening um, and different ideas on how to potentially try to change it. But it's it's not there. And, and, I, and I really wish it were more often. Yeah. I mean, whether they're conscious of it or not, I think everybody feels that way. Like everybody that is the end user of that level of leadership it feels the exact same way like it's it's uh in his effort to keep that podcast short john asked he was asking me uh like what do you think the biggest leadership issue is that you see uh in the navy and i like i knowing that i yeah i can't make a list here i don't have time for that it was it's just rampant leadership and confidence and and when i say that what i what i mean is is uh like the, the the way that I painted the picture for John was like, it's uh, th- th- like just on submarines. And th- this is probably true in a lot of other communities. And I'm just not I don't know the details. But on submarines, we have very, very rigid uh, qualification, proficiency, uh, like metrics and processes. Right. Like it's it's you're never going to be put in a position to stand a watch or do a thing that you're not like trained and qualified to do technically right but with leadership just nothing just nothing from day one in the military until i was a 15-year chief i got zero formal leadership development and education until i attended the senior enlisted academy unless you want to count the chief season i happened upon the best chiefs mess in the submarine force because i was in special projects and you got to volunteer and screen and get accepted to be there so that you think about the filter that that imposes on the, right. uh, the types of chiefs that can be there. And you end up with a third tour cob that was a CMC and you end up with a whole bunch of just pipe hitters that are on their second chiefs tour or are already senior chiefs and master chiefs. It was like a, a university level education on how to be a chief nice. um, and just how to be like an enlisted leader. And it was incredible. And I just lucked into that. I didn't, I didn't know that's what was going to happen. I showed up there first class and made chief and then just, they kept me, which isn't normal. And then, you know, like it just, it and that's awesome for you, but right. Exactly. What about the people who don't have that? Exactly. What about the people My, who have zero a, chiefs around? Cause they're on special, yeah. especially for us. Like we have some special individual things that people can do. And, and you might be alone mm-hmm. on independent yeah. duty, wearing civilian clothes to work. That's an, that's yeah. a possibility. And right. that's on other people to get involved and for you to seek it out. And, you know, th- yeah. there's a lot of factors there, but. Right. But yeah, there, there is no threshold and they try right. to say that there is and that the advancement exam or mm-hmm. the board, which I have 
different complaints about the selection board process and, and how so do I. having never having <laughs> been on that well, side I, of I it, was a board but, member on the on the Chiefs board and it was I I tell people they're like, how's the experience? I'm like, I, you know, besides having to walk out of the boardroom and pace up and down the sidewalk so my head didn't fucking explode, you know, it was three times a day I had to leave the building to right. not lose my shit in front of all those people. Yeah. Um because the pro like it just I was so frustrated with the process. Um, and yeah, and that's, it's not. And to, I mean, I know a lot of people bash on the chief Smith, but I'm going to say mm. that there's plenty of good chiefs. There's plenty of sure. terrible first classes. Like it, yeah. there's good and, and bad leaders at, at, yeah. Right, yeah. at every level, but right. it's not like once you make chief, you turn into this poisonous person in this terrible group that everyone likes to loop together. I mean, but, a lot of people, especially E6 and below, would make an argument that that's in fact true, just like a lot of E7 and above would make the argument that once you transition through the season, you just become this oracle of enlisted leadership. Man, both wouldn't that be false. nice? Yeah, both of them are false, but like, right. it, but it's, it's, it is a belief system that people like me and Paul and, Kingsbury were talking about this today, too. Like, like the these people conflate being a chief with their identity and it. And it becomes this convoluted mess where they just think by virtue of being a chief that they know what the answer is when it comes to all things leadership. And they're, it's like they're conditioned to be unwilling to admit that that's not the case and that they have to like actively better themselves in the absence of the leadership development and education that should be present to accomplish that. And it's like it's such a mess because like sometimes like you're, you're interacting with chiefs and you're talking to them and you're just like you have no idea what you're doing, do you? And like, they're not ever going to admit that out loud, but like, it's pretty clear that they are just lost. And I can tell you from my experience, I've sat in the mess with that same chief that you probably looked at and were like, you have no idea. Like in your head, you're like, you have, you have no idea what you're doing, do you? I've talked to them and they're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And they're like faces buried in their hands. And right. they're like, and I'm trying to coach them through those things. Uh, but like, what are you going to do they, about it? Recognize you have a problem and then fix it, right? Don't just complain right, that you don't know what you're doing. They are, they are conditioned by virtue of how the mess and its training is constructed and, and how how it's aimed. It's base, it's a blind leading the blind. Like yes. they we have constructed a leadership development training, whatever you want to call it, uh continuum that is effectively only the chief six weeks of the chief season. And then the end, like beginning it, that's where it starts and ends, which right. it should be a, that whole thing should be a capstone event, but it's not. So, and I that agree. was like what they were trying to get at with like CPO 365 and sailor 360. And it just never actually happened. It's only in name. And then, so then you, you it's constructed and this is what, this is what's so ridiculous. It's constructed by people who couldn't lead their way out of a wet paper bag. Largely. Right. And it's not, it's, there are people out there that know what they're doing and are doing a good job. Like I always try to caveat, like I, just like you were like, it's, yes. I don't think the whole chief's mess, like all of the individuals that come, that are the, like added up at some of its parts are the, that comprise the chief's mess. They're not all incompetent, but the organization, when you get to the sum of the parts, the organization's incompetent. Like it yes. just is. It's, right. I would argue it's almost an objective truth at this point. Like they demonstrated it in so many ways. So it's it was, like, if it was uh, okay, we wouldn't continue to promote these people that keep being the crappy leaders that we don't want. 
Right. But also, like, if if I was doing it right, they may not be the crappy leaders that we don't want by the time they arrive at that like stage where they're ready to promote to chief. Like, cause that's when I say rampant leadership and competence, I mean, they've just never been educated. Like the organization has a responsibility to train and qualify them to do whatever they're going to be doing. If not to keep them safe and, and when you're doing something dangerous and all those other things and to keep everyone else safe and blah, blah, blah. In the case of leadership, it's like, I just so that I can be competent. And because that thing, it like the tentacles, go into everything every problem we have in the military you could trace back to leadership whether it's the root cause a hundred percent or it's just a tertiary cause but it's still a a big like playing a big a role but it's like we have never like all from beginning to end like there's probably very few leaders that have any type of formal leadership education outside of attending the senior list academy when you talk about getting to that point Every bad behavior, mis- yeah, every bad behavior, misconception, blah, 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 has been validated by promotions and awards up to that point. So it's like you, you get to the you can't teach an old dog new tricks euphemism or whatever. Right. And it's like it's it's pretty I mean, it's largely true. Like when I attended the senior enlisted academy, I heard a whole bunch of people say out loud as I was reveling in this education I was getting that I couldn't believe hadn't happened until I had 15 years in Um just saying, oh, I don't care. I'm just here to check on the box so I can make Master Chief. And I'm like, oh my God, this is wasted. I want to kick like, those people in the kneecap. I, like this is right. I and that's why I was just telling John Rennie, I think it I think the senior enlisted academy should just be a CPO academy. Like brand new chiefs should be like within the first year or two of becoming a chief should be going there. And then there should also be a whole pipeline leading up to that point that doesn't exist. Ideally, yes. But, but it, it, I, I, when I say it's there's rampant incompetence, that's what I mean. When I say the chief's mess is incompetent, that's what I mean. It's like by no fault of their own, largely. You, and there is an argument to be made in there that these people the should be seeking it out. They're the ones promoting people because they sit the board. Well, yeah, exactly. That's that as well, right? What I was going to say is like the there's something to be said for along the way at some point. Uh, intelligent human beings should be able to deduce on their own that I need to get better at this and just self-study and seek out the resources and mentorship they need to do that. So there is a, a personal responsibility piece to it, but because it didn't happen from day one, I put 99% of it on the organization. Like, cause it, like you said, it's too late. A lot of the times, even, even first classes, I mean, a lot of the behavior, like I could fix it in the chief season if the chief season was, like over a year all capable of doing that but like well or that or longer right like but right. even if the six weeks was capable of fixing those issues it's not like it it's not happening like it's right. not it's not being done by people that even know what those issues look like largely so it's it's you get this, this blind leading the blinds yeah i had this conversation with someone recently about evals and the problem that we're having and something else that i'm dealing with right now is that we have first classes trying to hit these blocks on their evals and do all these things for the purpose of getting promoted. Most of them don't want to get promoted just to get promoted, right? That's not the goal. It's not to make money. It's honestly not that much of a pay jump. It's not why they want to do it. It's because they care. They want to do these things, but they're conditioned to think you have to do all of these essentially self-serving things to make you look good. Mm -hmm. And 
that get like you said gets you promoted be, and then you have to, to be, turn it around and not yeah. worry about yourself yeah. and worry about everyone else that's yeah, not working I, for you and they're not capable of having that mindset counterintuitively the whole chief season yeah the whole counterintuitively the whole chief season we're telling it's not about you anymore like you've been telling me it's all about me for however long it like CDB, the entire time record review how to do this yep. you gotta oh. do this it's like the whole time i, I was all the way up until the day I'm a chief select, I'm told effectively it's all about me. And then all of a sudden, fight I your way that. through and do everything for you. Yeah. Like. And you're so what's funny, not funny, but it's a little fun. Like, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yes. It, getting to the chief sport, like sit, get, getting to be a, a member on the chief sport. What I found the most maddening about that experience was we were selecting people to do a leadership job based on completely erroneous criteria. Like you're looking at the enlisted career path of a bunch of these different sailors. And I, I want to know if they've checked all these boxes that are all largely self-serving so that they can be put in a position to do the total opposite. So like, I'm not evaluating these people based on what will actually make them successful in this position. I'm evaluating them based on a subjective potential to maybe be good at it, like hopefully. And it's like a lot of the times it's not true. So how, how am I, if they've never been educated, they've never been qualified, they've never went through any type of a screening process up to that point outside of the enlisted evaluation system, which is hot garbage. And like on my you, list you mentioned, too. You mentioned <laughs> truth and reporting, which is non-existent largely yeah. um, because it's and it, a lot of it's not even because people are just overtly lying, which happens, but it's because it they've constrained they, there's what's in the eval manual and then there's what happens in real life and they're not the same thing. So like if you read in the eval manual what it and, and it could have been revised. I, I'm a couple years away from having deeply dove into this. But, I have um, one in front of me. I'm working on my transfer okay, so email today. But yeah, when you go to when you get to uh, promotion ratings, it says an early promote says to two like, pay grades. Somebody, two pay grades. <laughs> so if I say that Petty Officer First Class is an early promote, I'm saying she's ready to be a senior chief. Not only does that not make any sense, and uh, like is just insane, really. Right. Um, it's not how the system is is set up in like in practice like when we yes. actually do it that's not what that means that right. just means you're at the top of the heap and you get the most points so right. it's like then you go Which to the selection board just because you have quotas doesn't mean you should give them right so then you go to Same the selection the board emails. and they're and they're like talking about these things as if we are following the the manual like for eval or awards for that matter and it's just like yeah, but we're not. And there's all this stuff where we're like reading between the lines and like, what did they what did they mean by that? And it's like, why can't I just write? You just said thing? what they meant. <laughs> you are not ready to be a chief. Next. Like, right. why can't I just say what's really happening? I, it's like I have to write evals. So like for my bottom P that's like just doesn't get it. I have to be like has a potential to develop into an outstanding leader at some point, maybe. And it's, it's like, capable I can't with full supervision. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't even say that part. Like I got to say this like flowery, uh, positively like aimed phrase that isn't even true. 
I'm just, but I'm not allowed to write that they're incompetent. I'm not allowed to write that they have no idea. Like they're, they're not even operating at the level of a second class petty officer. They're not ready to be a chief. Because like, if that I was can't the case, write that. then how are they here? Did you write right, them up? Where are their council shits? Have they gone to mass? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I can't write that and without torpedoing their career for like five years, probably either. So that's what's so gross about it is like, you have to try to do this weird subjective math in your head about like, okay, like, cause I had a lot of that. I had a bunch of, of first class surface sailors when I was an instructor. And so I'm writing evals and looking at their previous evals, you know, they're on CVN, whatever, as an LPO of S2 of 350 sailors and their leadership Jesus. And I'm like, well, why can't they function at the most basic level while leading 25 students? Like, I, I'm like, okay, maybe. I'm not saying it wasn't true. Maybe they were that person on the CVN, but they're not here. So I'm not writing that eval. But then I have to like weigh in my head, like, but am I going to torpedo their career for five years? Like, is it that bad? Cause like for me, truth and reporting is like, I'm evaluating you for a 12 month period. As long as you know, you were there for the whole reporting period, right. but like I'm evaluating the, the performance I have to evaluate. I don't care what your last email says. Cause that's not what I'm doing, but the way that it's like the unwritten rules, it's like, I've had conversations with my CMC about like, well, you can't downgrade her from an EP to an MP. I'm like, yes, I can. Yes, I can go read the book. I don't even need a reason. Like, yes, I can. And he's just like, like everybody thinks there's just tribal knowledge that like, once you get an EP, you're just an EP forever until you transfer or promote. Not even a little true. Like, but people does it, do it. And that's why people believe does, it because it happens. Right. Does it, does it hurt them at the selection board? Yeah, no, it does. Like it's viewed as a performance drop because it is, uh, unless they had a separate, like a different reporting senior, blah, blah, blah. There's a whole bunch of right. stupid stuff. Right. But so yeah, I'm like, I'm not giving this instructor an EP just because there's an EP to give. And I was in the room the year before when the previous SEL was like, he like muted the phone con with all the other SELs at all the learning sites and the CMC. He's like, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to put her in for an EP because there just is one. I think I can win this argument. I'm like, no, I'm like that sailor is not an early promote, not even close. He's like, yeah, but I mean, it's there. So like, and I'm like, I'm talking to a master chief as a chief and I'm just like, Oh my God, stop it. Like, please don't do this. Please. And Cause then I knew, I already knew, I already knew how the movie was going to end. I knew I was going to be sitting in that chair the next year having to like wade through the process of like, what do I do with this now? Cause she, right. she wasn't an early promote last year. She's not going to be an early promote next year, probably. And turns out she wasn't. And or then I had to write that eval debrief that eval, which she wasn't even a little surprised that she got, went down. Now, like, I don't, I think she was floored that she got an EP the year before. But what um, would be worse is if that person had picked up from that e EP eval yeah, and became 100%. a crappy chief. Yep. And was rewarded which happens for substandard performance. Like it, it does. Yep. It which really happens does. all the time. And it's because those evals, are, like you're saying they're being rewarded for substandard performance. But for a guy like me at the Chiefs board, I even so like they brief you that even if I know better, all I can consider is what's on that piece of paper. So like right. if I get a record in front of me and I know that this sailor is not performing at this level. I don't get to use that context. You're actually supposed to boot the record to someone else. Cause there's a conflict there. Right. Does that always CEO happen? Signed it. I mean, how could no. they like that's right. on them? Right. That's not on you. And, yep. and I, and, and I understand that. 
But but it's if there was real truth in reporting, you'd get a lot better of a product, but there isn't. And so you end up with all these evals that say this person is is the you know God's gift to the, the Navy and they're yeah, literally the bees just knees barely then, showing up on time. All I'm allowed to do is grade what's in front of me. And so like it's like if I know better, it's it's excruciating, but the vast majority of the time I don't know any better. Right. And so I'm grading this package and it's like, and we're, we're told like, you're the, you're the sailor's advocate. So like you grade it, you pull out all those things and then you go in there and you brief them like as their advocate. Now it doesn't mean you lie, but like you pull all the great things that they did out. And, and then you do have to brief, like if there's a PRT failure, I'm not going to ignore that. Like I'm going to brief that. Yes, there was a PRT failure three years ago, but they've recovered and haven't had an issue since and are in ACFL now or whatever, right? right. Like the classic thing. But, um, but that's why yeah, truth and reporting is so tough. important is because you do take what you get if, and ideally have no background knowledge right. whatsoever. You should be able to trust whoever signed that piece of paper to say that they're a 5-0 EP <sighs> number one, whatever. The, the problem is that is the the background uh like the background process that's happening of us we've just created this thing where it's like there's what the book says on how you're supposed to do it that would feed into that selection board process how you're supposed to do it but like the selection board is the only one functioning like it accord in accordance with so you're getting I don't know. I don't know. I don't. And I say this all the time about so many. I do not have a great answer for that question. Like I don't know how it got to the way that it is, but I just know it's been that way the entire time for as long as I can remember. There's been this like just this understanding that's been passed down as tribal knowledge of like this is how you write evals. And I'm a I'm a dude that like I want to read the book. I want to know what it actually says because there's been a ton of times that I've gotten to dunk on people and fix things for sailors. When I read the book and they didn't, and they're telling me something that's like just factually inaccurate. It's yep. you're violating policy. It says it right here. It's one of my so favorite I, phrases is, can you show me where it says that? Because yep. people can you show me tend to it, be can you show me in writing? eager to prove you wrong. And so oh, it's yeah. like me going and being like, no, look, this is the instruction. They're going to be like, <laughs> well, well I'm actually the dork, it's interpreted. Yeah. Right. I'm now like, fucked. Oh, I have no idea what you're up. talking about. Could you please <laughs> tell me? Like I had a whole uh, but, conversation about uniforms. I do that, but I, but I already know the answer. Like I already I know what the instruction says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want them to bring it and be like, oh yeah. shit, oh, I was turns wrong. Or, out. Right. And just, or maybe they'll just forget out. about it. And yeah. yeah. That's, I, I had a retired, it, put it on there. a retired YN1 that was the admin officer when I was at the A school. And he was, he's a really nice dude, but you like, he was one of those guys that you could tell like, and I'm not saying it's like why he retired as a YN1, but it probably didn't help. But it, uh, he would, he, you could tell he, everything he ever learned about being a YN1 or being a YN in the Navy was all tribal knowledge. All of it. And he would tell me things all the time that I'm just like, that's not true. Like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Yes, it is. I've been doing this for 20 years. When we were doing evals, like he would send me these evals that were all effed up, especially like the chiefs ones. And I forget, I want to say it's the closeout evals for chiefs, the E6 closeout evals. You select select the promotion status of selected. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. 99% sure. That is correct. And he put put frocked on them all. And I'm like, dude, that's not real. Like, that's not how you do this. 
And he was like, yeah, it is. No, that's that's right. And I'm like, no, it's not, dude. Read the eval manual. And he kept arguing with me. So then I, I started. Uh, it's and, funny and, story because he was never a chief. <laughs> so he wouldn't know. Well, yeah, but I mean, he should know how to write evals. But it's People should know uh, how to I would, I, there's a on Microsoft operating systems and they probably I think they changed the name of it, but it used to be called the snipping tool. Oh, it's uh-huh. like you can just screenshot a part of. So I would just send him little snippets of the eval manual constantly in emails and just be like, no, dude, you got to do it this way. Here's the snippet. And he would get so pissed at me because he's like, tell me how to do my job. How dare you talk down to me? I'm like. I'm not talking down to you. I told you that's Educating not how it's done. You. Yeah. Well, I told him it's not how it's done as nicely and diplomatically as possible. And you kept arguing. Like, why aren't you sending me screenshots of the eval manual telling the dumb cook chief that he's wrong about your area of expertise? Why do I have to be the one that filters your tribal knowledge and says, no, actually, that's not how you write evals, guy who's getting paid to write evals. I'm not getting, I mean, I'm sort of getting paid to write evals, but you know what I mean? Like, this is not my primary duty. This is not my primary duty. This is your primary duty and you're getting paid a preposterous amount of money to do it as a civilian. So how about open a book? Like instead of me being the one that has to QA your work, like you should be getting paid as a seaman right now because yeah, that's the level of, of performance I'm getting out of you. So don't get mad at me. Get smart. Like get in a book. Like you should be teaching me these things, not the other way around. Like I should come to the admin officer who's a retired admin guy and who has subsequently been doing it for like eight years as a civilian in this position. You should be teaching me things. That's how this that's how this relationship should be working. I agree. And I feel so strongly about uh, these things and I'm I'm learning how to I couldn't tell. control oh. my voice uh, or and especially yep. my face too. It's a liability um, as a first class. It's an asset when you put on anchors. Remember that. Like every super shout out to Melissa Hartley if she listens. I think she does. She was one of my A school instructors who we butted heads a little bit. She had a huge mouth. She's I'm sure she still does. But uh, I always loved her secretly. And I told her when she was transferring, I said in front of the group, like it, like the little like scrum where we were like, she was getting her end of tour. It was just staff, but like she was getting her end of tour and saying bye. And so I told her, I'm like, remember that that thing that you get told is an attitude problem is going to be a gigantic asset when you enter the mess. And I can't wait to see your name on the list. And sure as sure as sure as I'm standing here, right. Or sitting here right now. I'm same. Like she became a super chief and it was, I mean, literally and figuratively, like she retired a senior chief, but she became an outstanding chief petty officer because it be, it, they tell you, I've been told I have an attitude problem my entire career. And then all of a sudden I make chief and it's, I'm a vocal advocate for my sailors. Look at you go. Yeah. Yeah. So remember that it's only a liability when you're E6 and below. Right. And I try to keep it appropriate, but sometimes I just, and not that it's inappropriate. Sometimes it's not right. Audience, things like that. Uh, And I'm, I'm getting better, but today I actually had a slip. Um, We had a a planning board (laughs) for training and so we briefed the XO and all this. And then when it's over, we had a couple like follow ons in the end. And mm-hmm. she had asked to talk to me after. So I was kind of hovering. This and was then, the XO? Yes. Um, okay. And so I was kind of hovering, waiting for her to finish. And then uh, one of her divos, the lieutenant, was saying something to her, answering for something that was on a slide and said, I'm sorry. And I said, Don't be sorry, be better. And ah! she, turned, <laughs> she turned to me and said, Damn. 
And I was like, got him. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, but I mean, honestly, yeah. I didn't mean it that way. I mean, I meant it. I didn't it mean it that probably way. Probably sounded harsher than you meant it for yeah, sure. And this, yeah. And this poor guy, he's so nice. He has the best yeah, intention. Yeah, yeah. He just checked in like a month ago. Um, but, and so all, all the new check-ins go with me for an undetermined amount of time, depending on like their level of what they need to do to get into like the yeah. special box. And so regardless of rank, they all stay with me for like, right. in my, I have a classroom and with a desk and then I also have an office. But, um, and so he's been with me and he was talking to someone else about something <laughs> recently. And he was like, I haven't, we're gapped a chief and I have this LPO that was just thrust into this chief role. And I just want to help her. And I was like, that's not your job. Yeah. I, I know you want to yeah. help, but I you mean, have to let her figure it out. It's not your turn. She was talking about like E5 evals or something. I'm like, it's not your turn. You have to let her do this and give you a product before you yeah. jump in ahead of that. Like, he, and, but he's just, he's just nice. He wants to help her, yeah, save her, I whatever. Mean, but there's a place for him to is it, uh, him, right? The, the lieutenant, yeah, he's a him, yeah. Okay, yeah. There's a place for him to kind of reach over and and help if that if, if that's an ability that they have, right? So like, you know, like they're college educated. Maybe they are better with like grammar and spelling and sentence structure. So like there's a but i mean that's a devos filter anyway like that's kind of the level right. at which you're you're reviewing evals anyway but um but then like, yeah it, like a hundred percent not their job to like teach you how to be the chief in that role or right. to like Don't yeah take i mean it like off her plate she has to figure right, out how to right. do it right like and, wait your and, turn then you give your feedback then you give your support and yeah, if Those you're if things. you're really struggling that hard, it's like it's a it'd be a chief's job to to fix that, not I, not I, a I agree like, with you because God bless him for wanting to help, but he it's like you don't know what the, you don't know what you're talking about. Like that's right. you're not it's not going to be helpful. A divo would write a a flowery essay about how much they like you and then send it up, and they'd be like, "What the f- is this? Right. Like this? Right. I can't send this to a selection board." I'm like, "Right," and I'm and sure he's like, more they, than capable. It's and not you know going against if, his if taught, ability like to write they, emails. Yeah, if they have the knowledge and the experience of the system, for sure. Like because right. you see, I've had a lot of like department heads and XOs that are great at reviewing evals, but that's because they have 15 years of experience. Right. So you and they just, see 200 of them every yeah. couple months, just, depending yeah, on what right. season it is. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. But I, I just tried to 100%. tell them like, you know, but the, there's just not enough khakis around or not enough chiefs. There's not yeah. enough chiefs around and chiefs are supposed to train junior officers and I'm not going to let it go. And I'm going to step in where I have to you shouldn't let it go instead of waiting for someone else to come around. Cause like, that's a, that's a, the first thing that chiefs try to jettison as a responsibility is training junior officers. And I would argue it's one really? of the more, more important. Jo- oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's one of their more important jobs. Like I had to go in on a bunch of chiefs because so, and part of it is the way that uh submarine JOs get it. They get like revolved through Divo positions to get exposure to like all of the different. There's, there's, I think, MDiv, EDiv, RL, Div, RC. So there's four nuclear divisions on a submarine. Uh, so they want to like rotate them through those Divo jobs. Then you got a, there's an AN, like an assistant engineer position that senior JOs will occupy usually. And then four to the sub, four to the watertight door. Uh, you've got, I mean, I don't even know. There's a bunch of divisions. So there's a ton of divo roles and they, they have this, they have this tendency to try to rotate them through 
a lot of them. And JOs are only on a submarine for 30 months or something. It's not that long. 36 months tops, I think. They have wait, they have shorter tours than enlisted. So it's like you it's like they never get to stick around in a division. Not never. They they habitually Rarely. don't get to stick around in a division long enough. Cause there's like certain divo roles that are kind of looked at as more important. Like DCA is uh, it's called a damage control assistant, but it's really like you're con- you're in charge of a gang, uh, which and and DC and some other stuff. But a gang is like conventional mechanics. They own like everything on the boat. Damn near. If it has hydraulics or air or uh, like if it's not electric electricity, and it's not. Yeah. If it's not electricity and it's not n- nuclear, the, it's theirs. They own just everything. Um, so it's a really imp- it's a really important job. Like um and so they, there'll be more competent JOs kind of pigeonholed in that job because it has to, you work, need it. Right. right. But the poor JOs that, that get rotated through quite a bit. So I've had just countless chiefs talk about how incompetent their divo is and how they're just useless. They don't do anything right. They can't brief anything. They can't do anything. They're useless. And I'm like, what are you doing about hmm, it? Yeah. Hmm. Whose job is it to make that Divo competent? Uh, yours, <laughs> dummy. So why don't you do your job? Like, and I can't tell you how many times I've been in, in like behind the closed door of the chief's mess and had some chief just moaning about their, their useless Divo. And I'm like, that's a direct reflection of your, your leadership guy. So how about do something about it? And it, it really is. It's like th- they look at it like I'm just going to wait it out until I get a competent. Right, they're going to go away that, soon anyway. The next the revolving door. Yeah, exactly. So it just it it makes it worse. It, it definitely perpetuates that that attitude. And so you see these chiefs and then and then here's the best part. A lot of those same chiefs are just moaning about the CO. And how terrible the CO is and how the CO never listens to them and how the CO this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, maybe stay eight with Eight years me. ago, maybe this guy that yes, you ignored. Maybe, I mean, it was more like 18 years ago, but maybe this 18 years ago, this CO was a divo who got told nothing but how incompetent they are by their chief. So maybe that he doesn't trust chiefs because his chief didn't trust him and never put any time or effort into teaching them how to be an effective leader, which is their job. That is a chief's job to teach. And, and that's why it's arguably what like, I mean, it's definitely top two of the things that like in, in importance of, of the things that chiefs are responsible for doing because those divos become department heads, become XOs, become commanding officers, become flag officers, become CNOs. Right. So it's like, and then, I mean, God, they might even go to the civilian ranks and become like the secretary of the Navy. Like, I, so it's so important. And, and they, it's like one of the first things they try to jettison because it's so obnoxious and because like you, a revolving door, they'll get a new one soon anyway. And so they'll just wait for one that's either already been trained up by a, a competent chief or just happens to be a less problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's just, plenty of, of JOs that are just overachievers. So. Man, my my concern issue, like one of the things that like I think about all the time is this same concept talking about chiefs are supposed to be training junior officers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this is we're putting all of this on the chiefs, right? The chiefs are there was an episode you had where the chief is supposed to be the chief, like, period. Okay, I don't disagree with that. What about everybody else? 
it's not just the chief's job. Like the first classes should be right. training the the second classes. Right. It's no and one I, is, I, is developing anybody. Uh, there's a huge yeah exactly. There's a huge void within the wardroom of officers training officers. Like they they do plenty of training on on tactical things on like technical details of like um and hilariously like a lot of submariners will get a little chuckle out of this but like most submarine platforms when you do field day which i you know assume you you know i don't know what you guys do but like it's cleaning the ship right once a week on a submarine it's generally so underway it would be saturdays import it would be fridays because it's burger day it's just a submarine tradition is we do field day in the morning and then lunch is burgers and then we go on with our day um during field day is officers training because god forbid they get any dirt under their fingernails so they got to go hide in the wardrobe and so they do officers training or what on some topic and who i mean who knows what i've never the topic is how to avoid doing things you don't want to do without getting caught if, if i've seen a training plan for that it's i forgot it but like they do training in that so once a week they do training in that way and then they do a lot of training uh, under instruction watches and uh training and all of the all of the very like technical expertise type uh duties and responsibilities of being a, a off an officer primarily like an officer of the deck or an engineering officer of the watch or something to that effect on a submarine right they don't do like there's not a lot of leadership training there's not a lot of even just management training because like to a large degree, I think most of most officers are more like they're more strategic level uh, managers than they are ever leaders of sailors, except when you're looking at that relationship between uh, COs, XOs and department heads and those junior officers. And I think there's a, a they're missing an opportunity to make them much more high functioning in their in the role that they have as officers through like modalities like the officer training and and just mentorship in general because they uh and i'm and i'm told having never experienced it i'm told by officers that that's what they're they they have a lot more um schools that they go to that are mandatory through their pipeline as they ascend through the ranks of uh like but it's it i'm told those schools are are largely focused on tactical and strategic level concepts as far as like fighting the ship and operationalizing all these things so that when they're in the office of the deck position or they're in a department head or XO position and they're, and they're, we're in like an operations brief where we're getting ready to go do a thing that that's the kind of stuff they understand. On. Right. And they're, yeah, and they're great at it, but they're largely incompetent at actual leadership. And it's because they don't put a focus on any of it as far as like, and John, you know, and John Rennie, who was a, a submarine JO, but it was a long time ago. Um, and it's so a lot of it has probably changed. I just, I don't know how, cause I'm not, I was never an officer, but the, that pipeline, like they were, he was telling me that they were, uh, given a rating on, uh, it was basically technical expertise. I forget what he called it. Uh, like a technical, I think he said technical rating. Um, but they weren't evaluated on being leaders. Like, and, and the, a lot of it I think is naval nuclear power doing what naval nuclear power does where, right. The, and, every submarine junior officer that's that's a line officer is nuclear trained unless i don't think there's an exception to that actually i don't think there is an unless like i've had limited duty officers that are uh which isn't technically you know they're not line officers in the traditional sense 
Um, and then stat, we have like, you know, supply officers and so some, but like sometimes you get warrants and stuff and weird areas like special projects. But, um, but yeah, the, the line officers that are, are doing the traditional career progression of a, of a naval officer on a submarine are all nuclear trained. So you get this weird, like, interpretation of what it means to be in that leadership position because naval nuclear power is the way that it is culturally. So it's like on, on surface ships, you probably, I hope they do better. I don't know. Like, cause like on a carrier, you generally have like an aviator as a CO. So like, I, I don't know how those communities differ enough to speak intelligently on it, but yeah, there's a lot of missed opportunity for senior officers to mentor junior officers in how to do the thing because yeah, I can teach you how to be a leader generally, but I can't teach you how to be a great officer. I don't, I don't know how to do that. Right. Like I don't, I don't, I have a, a, a very like anecdotal, just based on my interactions and, and observations. Right. I can't, I mean, I know what an officer does, but I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's like to stand off the deck, dude. I've fucking never done it. I mean, you're behind me the whole time. I don't like, I'm my dive chairs over here. You're back there. You talk to me and then I do the thing. So it's like, and I mean, yeah, I think I, there's a, we could argue that kind of officers don't necessarily need to be leaders. Like you said, they need to be managers. Sure. They need to be, you know, planning operations. They need to be doing those. They're not leading could. About what leading is. That's if they're and, not graded on it, like sometimes that happens. And you if you could, have, and, and I'm not saying I don't we know, should, but I'm saying, I, yeah, I don't know if I agree or disagree wholly, but I know I, I can tell you, I think it's a lot better. Uh, when they're functional leaders, like, because how could they not like there's, I did, uh, that CEO suggestion box episode that I don't know if you've gotten that far, but, um, he's a submarine CEO that, uh, oddly did not have a engineering specific education. Cause I think it was, he got into the, the pipeline before it became mandatory question mark. I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's mandatory, but I think it is where you have to have like a, like an engineering centric education to be able to get into naval nuclear power as an officer on submarines. I could be completely wrong about that. Don't quote me on that. But, uh, so he had like some kind of like a music degree, I think. And so he just thought differently. And by virtue of that, everybody, and I know a lot of people that served under him as, as a CEO and they just, he was the best. The culture was the best. He was amazing. He cared about us. They all relay stories through the lens of how he made them feel, which to me is very telling. And like even like Jervia Loda, I did the Mirtha. He was the Mirtha CEO with all the social media presence stuff. I've talked to a bunch of people that served under him and it's not a, just a show, which there was a part of me that there's the skeptic in me was like, why are we posting TikTok like videos on social media? How is that making the command better? And he had a pretty great answer for it on the podcast where it was like they were in the middle of the pandemic quarantine stuff and he wanted to reach his people and, and make them feel like he cared. And I was like, oh, OK, I, not the way I would have it. I would have never imagined that answer myself. It felt ego driven to me. And I was really looking forward to him explaining it. And I'm glad that he did because I that's not what I would have dreamt up. And, and I wasn't the COVID stuff wasn't even in my calculus. I was I was imagining why a CEO would be motivated to do. This I kind want of stuff followers. I want views. Yeah. Want, yeah. Right, it, right. it felt like it had to be ego driven. Right. But it's um, just easy. It, it's it's simple. It, to, yeah. He's, huge he impact. did. 
a lot of the reason I'm, I do the podcast was I want to reach sailors where they are. And at the time he wanted to reach sailors where they are because he couldn't reach them in any other way. So this was what they came up with. And I mean, it worked and he's, he was obviously a great CEO because I mean, everybody I've interacted, I mean, they're, they're XO. So like, I posted the podcast with him and the and the video and everything. His XO was in the comments like real quick. Just like, love this dude. He's so amazing. It's all true. We Martha was great. Like just everybody. And then like I interviewed a, a BM senior chief that retired from that command before I got Captain Aloda on. And he same thing. He's like, dude, it's I'm telling you, it's real. I know a lot of people want to look behind the curtain and see the emperor has no clothes, but like, no, this this was real. And I was just That's like, awesome. I, and I What's funny is like, I'm like one of the few people that like, am, am very willing to believe that it's real because I experienced it on that special projects platform. Like not just with the chief's mess either two best CEOs I've ever had in my life back to back. were on that submarine. Um, one of them retired as a captain and the other one, uh, retired as an admiral and just great, great CEOs. And the XOs were strong too. Like it was it was, and so by virtue of that, and I think the command culture was, it was driven by the cob that I'm such a giant fan of, but that CO co-signed everything. He just let him run the ship. He did what a good CO should do. And it, it's not like he didn't have a hand in it. He was a great leader himself, but he let the cob do what the, like he just trusted him so implicitly because he was so great at what he did that he was just like, yeah, Cobb, go do you like go run the ship. And he did. And, and he had policies that would be so controversial in the cell. Like if you were day after duty and he saw you on the ship past lunch, where's your chief? You know what I mean? Like you better be at the gym doing PT and going home. Like he right. was just like not having it. Yeah. If When we were in the yards, if the shipyard came down and introduced new work after 1500, we, we told them, no, get out of here. That's awesome. Like, because my sailors have to sleep. My sailors have to have quality of life during the shipyard. He was just like, if they, if somebody comes down with a job that wasn't briefed at night work and like, it's like new work, tell them, to, tell them to pack sand. Clearly like, it can wait. Rocks, if it bro, was important, they would have Yeah, clearly it, it wasn't important enough for you to, to get approved and brief at night work. So get off my submarine. Yeah, God, it was fun. Like we I, were so empowered to just like, like, <laughs> Pack right because I'd be the duty chief, so I'm his representative. So they'd come down to 1800 with new work, and I'd be like, This is I have a printout of night work, I have Thank a printout you. of what you're right. it's not on here, so yeah. go tell your whatever supervisor hat person at the yard, like, tell him no, tell him yeah. the duty chief said no, and if he's right. got a problem with that, come on down. And, I'll be happy to kick him off my submarine, too. That's what I meant more about not that the, the officers shouldn't be leaders, but. Mm -hmm. In, in my perfect world, right, that the yeah. the chiefs would and chiefs, senior chiefs, master chiefs would be the ones leading all the work, the yeah. operations, the efforts, and the officers would be empowering them to do that, right? And, and that, they can be great at it and they can have their own influence. QA, and, yeah, 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 and I'm not like, saying just let them run wild like teenagers right. or something. But, I, yeah, it, it happens. So it's like uh, you can't right. just blindly trust the chiefs right. because it'll go and, and, it'll and go off the rails at some yes, point i agree um <laughs> i'll and I'm be drinking beer at lunch like the, you can't right. no that, and that's not what i'm saying i'm just ideally in a perfect world that you yeah. wouldn't need the officers to be the ones leading every effort every day because everyone mm. is so capable to right. do it that they're they're focused on big picture they're making future plans that 
we're allowed to just, you know, do our job and that would be great. And yep. and that's how, in a perfect world, that's how it right. should function is the, is the officers are the strategic level planning, big picture, long-term picture, that kind of stuff. And then they cut their, it kind of tears down in a, in an upside down pyramid of like, I, cause I used to, the, the example I used to, to make it a little more digestible is like, so my supply officer on a submarine it, and bec- by virtue of them being super junior is why I would encounter this problem a lot as well. They're, they show up as brand new baby ensigns generally, and they're, they're my divo and my department head. And on a submarine, department heads are at least an 03, if not an 04. So you get this really warped power dynamic. They have no, they don't even know how to be a, a, a JO on a submarine, let Probably alone a divo. They haven't worn every uniform because they haven't been right. in for every season. Right. And God bless my supply officers, but some of them, I mean, it was like having an E3 in khakis. It was absurd. Doesn't but they were good people that wanted to do well. I needed to teach them how to do their job. But there were times where my supply officer would continually be told by the XO, CO, other department heads, you're a department head. I expect you to behave like a department head. I expect you to run your department. So then they would ham-handedly try to start doing things within the department without talking to the chiefs that are running the department. Like I'm the department chief and I'm a division chief. So I would, I, I created this really bright red line of, you don't tell my people what to do. You tell me what to do. That's the, that's how this relationship works. You don't ever, ever give direct tasking to my people unless it's an immediate like safety thing. Like you're, you see something unsafe, you shut it down immediately or uh, underway limiting thing. And you need somebody to go fetch this part. Okay. We'll talk about it after, but there were times where she would give tasking to my people and it was like, I already gave tasking to my people and, and now she you're... just didn't know about it. And when she gave tasking, they're like, well, she wins. I salute her, not senior. And so they would go off and do what I, and, and then I'd show back up from whatever meeting or thing I was doing and be like, where the hell is so-and-so? And they're like, oh, chop sent them here. I'm like, What? And then I'd go find my, and we call our supply officer chop on a submarine. I don't know why, but here we are. Um, so I would go find her and be like, what the fuck are you doing? And she'd be like, but I, I needed this thing to be done. So, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like they don't work for you. They work for me. I that, work for you. That's if what you I mean. need a thing about, done, you tell job. me, I go get it done. I will right. task them accordingly and make it happen. But I'm making... 27 other things happen right now and you just threw a hand grenade into that right. and and i've got things that are limited by crane support and trucks arriving and all this other stuff like you can't do that you're sabotaging the whole thing and you're it's flailing not, you're, and you're right is making everyone else right lose it you're right and- in that it's it's not their job to do that and so it's like i need it's like that, but that's how it needs to function though, is like, it's not like she doesn't have an input, but that input goes through me because that's how the hierarchy is structured. Right. And that's and the what only I mean. way that it works. Yeah. The only way that it Everyone works has is their you, own roles yeah. and responsibilities. Right. And, and I wish people knew what those were too. <laughs> and that I, I had to, well, if some chief taught them better how to be it. Yeah. Like, and I worked on it and she, she came around because of course she did. She was extremely intelligent. She wanted to do well. She just, you know, immature and didn't know what to do. And then, but she figured it out because I taught her and right. I held her accountable. Thank goodness, and, right? Yeah. And yeah. 
But so it's, she became yeah. extremely high, like extremely high functioning. She left that submarine as a lieutenant That's and awesome. was like killing the game. Like she's That's amazing. Awesome. So yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it yeah, gets weird. I don't even remember what the initial question was. Ah, whatever. Who cares? We're going to pivot anyway. Yeah. Uh, tell me about, tell, and we probably addressed some of it already, but tell me about these articles that you want to write. Like what, what, what are some of the topics and we can work through some of those topics. So I, ha- I have want, a few, but. one was accuracy and reporting. That was one that I, I or truth okay. reporting that I didn't want to talk about and, and how, when you fail to do that, the effects that it has in long term. Mm, um, yeah. And just to, and I, I think I put it into my email to you, maybe not, but the, I have these conversations with people all the time. I seek this out mm. all the time. Um, but the thing that concerns me every day is the future of the Navy. Like that's what I care about because there's all these issues that are wrong now. Yeah, that's true. Um, and we can work on them. We can react and we can do what we can do, but I'm trying to think of what, what's happening right now and how that's going to affect 20 years from now and the people that join or don't join. Yeah. And the people that are leading those people 20 years from now when Mm -hmm. I'm not involved and, and what that looks like for our future. And that terrifies me. So like, (laughs) these are the things that, that I worry about. Um, so one of them is accuracy and reporting and and how that can kind of get you down, um, Mm -hmm. away one. Um, and this is just a separate idea, not necessarily how I want to, or what I want to address. But the thing I want to talk about as an option is potentially linking advancement to Obliserve. Um, because there are a lot of people oh, who so. are like, there are people who are on the fence about staying in. And for example, I know some first classes who didn't pick up chief and they're like, oh, I'm just going to go home. It's like, well, if that's your driving mm-hmm. factor, then we don't want you, or I don't want you anyway. So if you've already committed now, you're for sure more, not, I don't want to say more eligible, but I've seen yeah, it that's often, the part- especially in the lower ranks that, they they promote these people and they give them a quota and then mm-hmm. there are we had we had someone take the chief's exam today who was on Skillbridge and was made to come in to take the exam. <laughs> that like, so that I I think like I would agree up to the point of like I think that person because like when you put your fleet reserve in right like it, if I hadn't made Master Chief when I did. I would have never made it because I would have had approved fleet reserve. And so you get removed from consideration, which, cause of course you do. Well, it, for I E6s, would, you only get removed if you're going to fleet reserve for higher tenure. And now that higher tenure is 22. So if you had put in fleet reserve at for 20 years, you can uh, still take the test. You can still get be board eligible. And if you make because it, you, you can, can change take that your back. mind or something. Okay. Right. Because it's, Exactly, because you're well, eligible to do more which, time, which makes sense for the higher tenure folks. Um, like it. So if you're if you're approaching higher tenure, but right. making chief, I will meant then that vice versa. That. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yes, because yeah. the because if you're already screwed on higher tenure, unless you yes. have a waiver, it's it's a moot point. But that's what I meant. Um, yeah. So if, if it would I, save you from higher tenure, then you right. you'll get the view. Um, but this right. this person today was like six seven I'm, years yeah, definitely in the navy, not staying in. So that's the they have them, and I don't do is Seaway still real? Is yeah. That, uh, kind of is it still a thing you have to because i know at at a at one point if you they they have this mechanism for you to voluntarily return your quota right, right. i was Which a I command did. career counselor right i was a command career counselor back when it was pts and then it transitioned right. to seaway so that time frame right but they've they have that where they're like you should 
if you plan to get out like that person clearly does, you should return your quota, not just because there's it's a quota so we can then give it to someone that plans to stick around, but it also provides that signal of like, don't promote me, I'm leaving. Right. And theoretically, and also, but then for, for people other didn't things, do that. Well, yeah, like because as, they changed their mind. Because so, they changed their mind. And so at career counseling school and every training I did and everything else, it was, it was err on the side of caution and just automatically get them a quota, which, which just like truth and reporting convolutes the whole, it just breaks the system. And the big now, effect that that has on yeah. more than just that person, because so for example, as a CTI, somebody my, that wants to stay in can't get a quota. If I've already got a quota for this guy, that's going to separate. Well, but not even that. Separate, it gives so us then, gapped yeah. billets. Yeah. So if you have a Seaway quota, you get approved, you get given orders, and then you mm-hmm. wait Separate. and then decide, I refuse to serve. Now they have to an- cancel your orders and yep. re-advertise them. And we've been planning that we're going to have a new person coming yep. here in two months. Yep. And now it's going to be another 10 before uh, even we better, have someone. I've had stuff happen where they let a kid. So at, when I was at the A school, they let a kid execute orders to go to submarine school and then go to a submarine and he only had six months left on his contract and then he just separated. And it was like, what did we even do How many this thousands for? thousands of dollars did they like, spend on his government, right. on his like household goods, and like, like those kind of things? I don't pay attention to that kind of stuff at the A school. Like if my admin officer throws a flag up of like, hey, which he didn't, shockingly, of like, like he, the detailer should have too. It's like, you shouldn't even have been cut orders. And if you were cut orders, well, I guess you could cut them orders, but you shouldn't let them execute those orders if they have an obliser for them. But that's not my, I don't do that stuff. I put them on a bus with a plane ticket that my admin officer bought and they are on their way. And yep, like retired well, that, one. <laughs> the cob of that submarine was a buddy of mine and he called me flipping out. And I'm Why like, did you what? give me this person? I'm like, I don't look at that. That's not my job, man. My job is to put put heads in through the school. Like I put sailors through graduate them, send them on their way. This right. kid was a reclass. Like he, he was like a CB or something that got a PTS quota chain or whatever, force converted. That's what I was trying to say. Right. So he got force converted and they sent him to a school. They sent him to sub school. They sent him to submarine all without ever making a model serve. And so he's just like, yeah, I don't think I want to stay in anymore and just bounced. And he was a great kid. He was, he would have been great on the boat. He probably, you know, like I think he would have went on to do great things, but he just, which is his there. prerogative. Like right. he didn't know any of this going in. He just was thinking to himself, yeah, I'll go try it. And if I don't like it, I'll separate. Yeah. That's what he did. Yeah. And I'm but, like, but for us, we are making and it provided people a, put a big gap in there. Yeah. When we're having people I'm make sure. these decisions way in advance, yeah. because we have six year orders and most schools, it depends on what your rating is, goes mm. from, you know, six months to, two years potentially of school. So now yeah. then you get your orders. Me personally, I had school for six months and I had, right. I want to say 23 months left on my contract. Cause you have to apply for Seaway mm. at PRD and EAOS. I'm still years yeah. out and I'm like, yeah. well, I don't even need a quota because I could get orders if I wanted without having right. to have a certain, I can execute or I had, had 25 months. You can execute orders of 24 months. So why would mm. I even apply? And I mean, it's a huge problem and you're asking 
19-year-olds to make a decision for four years from <laughs> that now. That far in the future? Yeah. And I don't know the, what I'm having for lunch, dude. Like, Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, the process is not great, and, and it has yeah. a long-term effect. So so something about linking linking advancement to all the serve and, or, you know, maybe you don't get it if, you, if you're for sure getting yeah. out, or... That would be you, a really hard thing to accomplish well, I think, but... And, I, and I'm, like, not I'm not saying we should, but I just want to explore right. it and research it more and, yeah, yeah. and what it would do if yeah. we had something in place. Yeah. Um, okay. And then another topic that um, this may be a sensitive topic to some upper level leadership. <laughs> some listeners. Um, oh, okay. But this is a it's a term that I only heard recently in the last like two years. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. commonly used elsewhere, um, but it's I've heard it plenty lately. Um, and it's called mm-hmm. geriatric leadership, which has nothing to do with okay. your age. It's not about being yeah. old. It is not a uh, concern about anyone's age at all. Um, mm-hmm. But it's the concern of how far removed upper level leadership is yes. from the real yes. people, particularly yes. for. And, and I can't speak for any other community or rating, but like for my community, mm-hmm. the intelligence community, technology is advancing faster yeah. than we can even I, comprehend <laughs> and I can barely get cameras to work for my podcast <laughs> right and we have especially yeah and i don't know the exact details but the ctn rating has not been around that long mm. and for the most part maybe not most i'm speaking out of air here but there are many many master chiefs that make up mm. the group of the ct gods that weren't mm. even the ones doing the job on the keyboard before they were yeah. converted because they were forced converted from CTA or CTO or yeah. whatever. Because other they created CTN. Yeah. yeah. And they needed okay. leadership for these CTNs. And and I right. understand that you can't, um, we have this new cyber rating that's going to come up. They're not, you're not mm. starting with just E1s and just brand new people. You yeah. have to have someone get them along the way. So I understand yeah. why that happens, but you have these individuals making decisions and, and affecting the rating that are haven't done the right. job in so long, they may not understand it. And then also we talked about earlier things like the, the way up or the fleet master chiefs, things like that. Yeah. When was the last time that they spoke to someone right. and their real are, problems yeah. in a, in a informal way of, you know, if you yeah. at our at a regular command of just normal sailors, you go to the smoke I, pit and you have t- sailors talking about their pay issues, yeah. their personal issues. They're surrounded by, captains and master chiefs who do not have these same problems we do i so i i think i don't not think it's a problem but i think that i i might i might have a different solution than you uh envisioned so i'm a advocate of the idea that uh you should you should have to make a decision around the senior like so, so around your entry into senior nco status which for us is e7 either you're gonna be a technical expert or you're gonna be a leader the end like where you go the like the command route where like in other services you're a first sergeant instead right. of being just like a, a sergeant first class or a master sergeant or whatever um and you it, you have to pick like you have to say well i'm gonna go this route or i'm gonna go that route and I don't know if it's explicit in every service, but like I know for sure the Marine Corps does it where it's like 
Like you're going to promote the if you promote the technical expert route, you're going to be a master gunnery sergeant. If you are promoting the leadership route, you're a command sergeant major and you're, you're doing like the CMC thing. Right. Right. So I think that I, I don't know that I because because if you go the technical route, like I for sure think there's value in having uh, like a salty old whatever, like me, like as a CS, like there's a, having a salty old CS in charge of certain things. But there's a there's a point at which I think you you largely pivot from being no matter no matter which path you would take, you'd largely pivot from being a technical expert to being a leader or a manager of some form. Right. Uh, or a combination of both. But what I think would really help with this a lot is just deleting higher tenure as a concept, like the whole upper out. I ID idea as being valuable in any way doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And the reason why is there are people that are meant to be just a technician. And I don't, I'm not saying just a technician as if that's a bad thing. I'm saying there that are people that E5 technical yep, experts, me, like yep. everyone knows you can go to them and I, you're going to be yes. better at that and happier doing that than anything else. And the guy that I, I like to use, he's my favorite example. He's this giant human being uh, that was a nuke mechanic on my last submarine. And we, everybody called him Biff. And if anybody that served with me is listening, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Just this giant, jolly human. He's like, he's like a character from like a movie or something. He's that kind <laughs> of a guy where he's just so, so unique and hilarious. He's a great dude. Um, that all that man wanted to do was turn a wrench. That's it. Like he was cool with teaching other wrench turners how to be good at turning wrenches, but he was never happier than when he had a piece of gear tore apart and his block, he's de-bloused and he's elbow deep in this machine turning a wrench. And they kept trying to force him by virtue of the upper out ideology. If like, I, I, cause I think it's absurd and illogical. So that's why I call it that. Right. Um, but you need to they sell cupcakes to, and you need to go well, do this. They, the nuclear community has very explicit wickets and they don't yeah. really care about stuff like that that much. Nice. So they he needed to be an LPO at sea and he needed to qualify engineering watch supervisor. And he was just like, no, I don't want to be a chief. Uh, and they put him in the LPO position because he was the most capable dude. And the other guy that was doing it was he was getting he was in some trouble. He was under investigation for some crap and got taken off the boat. But this guy, he wasn't a bad LPO, but he wasn't good at the like administrative managerial leadership things. He was really great at training and mentoring technicians, though, like at, at mechanics. And so it's like, why if, if, if he's happier, he's more knowledgeable and experienced and he can create a whole new generation of just like that kid should have been a permanent A school instructor. Like he was. He was so passionate about turning wrenches, like let him do that. And he's best serving not just his own, like his own, um, I don't know, like sense of meaning and purpose and drive to continue in the organization, but like he's best serving the organization. Like I'm getting the most value I can possibly get out of this kid because of how he's wired by letting him be just a brilliant senior mechanic and teach all my junior mechanics how to be a really good senior mechanic. And it's like we, the, I think the, the ineffective leadership you find in those positions is more by virtue of the upper out concept than it is by virtue of uh, our 
like inability to to put the right leaders in the right position. Well, no, it is not being able to put the right leaders in the right positions, but it's like, you gotta, you gotta differentiate between, okay, who's going to be the leadership management function and who's going to be the technical function. And then let those people do that thing. And whether or not they like, we promote them to higher pay grades, I think is largely irrelevant. I'm okay with the high level technical expert, not being a chief or being something else. And not being like being some kind of technical specialist rank where they're because I want them to get paid more money. I want them to have potential to advance for their and be rewarded. Right. Right. Be rewarded for their extremely valuable work and valuable knowledge and experience. And then just put them in those roles where that's what they do. This is what I do. I'm in charge, but you're still at a at some type of an equivalent level of of rank, but on the technical expertise side. So I can just go, Hey, go get me my senior specialist or whatever we want to call it. And I'm going to, they're going to be the smart kid that cause, cause then what you also don't run into if I'm doing the, uh, largely doing all the administrative leadership and managerial functions, I could promote a hyper comp like, so let's say like, especially with technology, right within the CT rating. I could promote a kid two years in if they're they come in with a bunch of outside experience and knowledge and licensure and certifications or whatever the hell you guys do. And they're hyper, hyper competent and they have a bunch of relevant civilian experience. And then they demonstrate through whatever metrics we decide to establish that they are the most experienced, intelligent, knowledgeable, whatever technician or wizard of computer things that you guys do like they demonstrate themselves to be yeah just wizardry (laughs) to be that person then then they could promote extremely fast with no real negative consequences like you could have a three-year senior specialist or whatever i'm like i should come up with a better term but like the the person we're going to put in that place where geriatric leadership becomes a problem instead of having a crusty old mass chief do it why don't i have a hyper competent technician do it because then what you can also get around which will be a fun uh addition is i can recruit and retain hyper competent people in the career field that they can just get out and cash willy wonka's golden ticket by throwing money at them hand over fist via whatever mechanism i choose because it's so hyper specialized that i can justify handing them a hundred thousand dollar bonus every year oh and we do Right. I can justify, but I'm not handing an E5 that is going through the same pipeline as, as leaders that check. Because when you, when you hand a nuclear train, cause I can already differentiate when you hand a nuclear train person, a hundred K. Okay. I don't want to be a nuke. Cause I know, I know enough about what that means to know that like, it ain't worth that check to me. So go, if you're going to go through that pain, Fuck, knock yourself out. Yeah. I hope you get all the money. Yeah. And, I told you, my and brother in order, was a nuke. He got right, an $85,000 star them. bonus, no tax, and right. was like, bye. Uh-uh. Yup, and in order to retain those people, because my best friend in this world is, uh, well, I mean, there's a few, so don't feel slighted <laughs> if you're listening. But like, he was a nuke mechanic that ran for the freaking hills after our first boat and has made money hand over fist working at civilian power plants, uh, and now he works at a civil or a civilian, 
but it's like a, a department of energy run a contracting I gig or something well, like no it's a it's a power plant of oh, sorts okay. um that now he works for the government again but he works and he's just getting paid nice job easy he, hours in the air yeah, conditioning yeah. yeah getting paid way more than he ever would have in the navy doing that thing so if they decided we're gonna make these hyper specialist technical expert people more highly paid as a result of that knowledge and experience i feel like it'd be a way easier sell because i'm not I'm not like throwing that money at just any like the a geriatric chief that doesn't even know what they're doing. Right. But we're saying that they're the technical expert. So I got to throw money at them. Like I had an EDMC that was a nuke electrician that I had to go through the process of of doing this paperwork to get him this like senior supervisory bonus. They made up a program to retain these people. It was like a like he got a effectively they made a program that was a waiver for him to get an SRB uh, to stay in, even though he was a master chief already. And so and so like but him doing that job like okay cut this man a check immediately like i didn't have any salt about doing that i know that there are some processes in place specifically for some of the ct ratings so like um we have a kind of specific program to make cyber warrant ones so you can Mm. be an e5 and go to the warrant one so they're yes they're getting the uh bump and things like that um there's hand-handed efforts out there but right. it's like you said there's a focus group full of detached geriatric khakis right. that don't know and, what the and i don't want to say so that they're detached it. i think they care they're yeah. just removed yeah i'm they sure they care they're right. not they That's haven't I mean. been out there you know and, and right even they're, they're leading and, and making decisions and forcing me mm-hmm. hey you need that's to do what this. i mean by it's detached like, this, right they're just they don't know they, the, they're, yes. they're and and From, a lot of times they don't know what they don't know you know what i mean right. like they they don't aren't don't have an awareness that they're as detached as they are. So, but how do you how do you identify that? And that came up today in leadership do, development and education. Right? Why do we not have? <laughs> why do chiefs not test for senior chief and master chief? Why is there no I, more exam? I, I don't know. Why have I they earned their the, their technical the problem, expertise? Well, the problem yes. is the they the, we're still we're still intermingling technical expertise and, and and the leadership and management aspect of it, and I don't think there you can make a, a convincing argument that any of us are technical experts anymore. Like I was so far detached from practical application of my career field that like there I I there were people that could could do my job better than me at the point that I was a master chief. Do I know what do. right? Do I know what right looks like? Yeah. Could I actually do it with my hands? That's a different conversation. And, and that's okay. And I think as long as I you know what right too. looks like, even if you can't I think do it, it is you too. need to make sure they can do it. Right. But I, I had to work really hard to maintain a level of competence where I could do that. Like I was going out and doing inspections on submarine where submarines where I was measuring like what right looks like. And for me to be able to evaluate that when I'm not in it constantly, I had to be in books all the time and stay really up on like, what is the current policy in our, in our career field? What's good right currently look like. Right. But, but that's not a requirement. I, you did that I, because uh, you wanted to. Right. But I, I mean, I, it's arguably a requirement because how can I competently evaluate them otherwise? But uh, it's, we convolute, like we intermingle technical expertise 
and institutional expertise and leadership competence to to a point that I have to do all three of those things at the highest level now for me to be a, a master chief in rate, which is what I was doing. But, well, you're a master chief, so you should be able to do these other things, too. They try, kept trying to make me the staff senior enlisted leader at a flag command. And I'm like, I travel constantly. To, like, it didn't make any sense. But I'm a master chief, so I should be able to do it. And it's like, you're right, kind of, only because the system that we're currently employing is broken. And so like, and you have to work with what you have and you're being told to go in all these directions without any clear priority of that. But that's such a problem that if you pulled it apart and executed it in whatever way we dreamt up to, to separate the technical expertise from the institutional expertise and, and leadership and management and all those things, I think that you'd have a much better end product for the people that. Yes. For us, yeah. I, I know they're working on it. So as a CTI, I have to take a test every year that is how good I know my language, just the language. In a Which makes language. a lot of sense. <laughs> right? Got to make sure I can yeah. still do my job. And I get paid right. extra money based on how well I do my job. And the CTNs, they want that, which I think mm-hmm. they deserve. But with it, yeah. how, I mean, but the language has been there forever and, you know, thousands of yeah. years and it doesn't change all mm-hmm. that much. And, but technology yeah. does. And if you were to make a test, you would have to keep it updated every week. I mean, and, I but, would, I would argue the better mechanism would just be keep your, keep certifications current. Like, because all of those dork, computer dork things, like, and I'm not saying you're dorks by definition. I'm just, I don't understand it. So I apply terms like that to it. Fair. It's wizardry, okay. whatever you want. It's okay. It. I don't want anybody to feel attacked. Um, but do you know how hard it is to get qualification standards updated? That are controlled by Big Navy. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Don't let Big Navy control it. Just say like, like there are civilian certifications and licenses and whatever that, that if you attain this level and you like, cause not only are you attaining an appropriate level for whatever point you're at positionally in rank and whatever wise, but you also like, I know all those have like continuing education requirements yes. and recertification requirements and all those things. So it's like, just do that. Go get Cisco certified or whatever the hell it is that's applicable and maintain it. And the Navy will pay for it. We got Navy cool for that and right. whatever other mechanism. But I, like, why why do I have to maintain any kind of uh, like knowledge requirements and qualification requirements and anything like we're doing a thing that is already done in the real world. So just do that. Like, and that's probably on their enlisted career path anyway. It is. It's like a nice to have that'll help you make chief or whatever, or it's a literal thing that'll help you make chief. Right. And when, if, and when, like whenever they expire, whether they decide to separate early or they get to the end, very, very all the way to the end of the road and retire, all of those things are relevant to their civilian employment. So why would we even do anything? Any, like, why would we even have our own? Right. Like mechanism. And, and we don't necessarily have to make our own test, but if we have a threshold of this level, then you get paid more money. Yeah. That would be yeah, a way to retain people. And and like you get said your about Cisco the certification, you don't have or to whatever be, at the appropriate level. Right. You're not making your money more. because you're a chief. You're making your money because you're the expert it, with all these credentials. Right. That would be cool. And the credentials are going to get you paid more in the civilian world. So I don't have to sell why you're getting paid more in the military. Right. Of course you're getting paid more because you're certified this thing that they're not. Right. And so it's really easy to point at this like 
obvious, like, I got this quantitative value here. This is why they're getting paid more than you. If you want to get paid this much, cross rate to CT and get certified, clown. Yeah. You know what yes. I'm saying? Like, yes. like, and that you could do it in almost every career field, I would think, even though I don't think everybody should get paid more because I, I couldn't have separated as a culinary specialist with a fancy culinary degree and even with the highest levels it's not not the absolute highest level because if I was a certified master chef, then the opposite would be true. I could get out and get a high paying job, but um, but skin certified as a master chef is like becoming a Tibetan monk. It's like a whole different thing. But a certified executive chef, even if I got that certification, like I'm gonna get out and start at forty grand a year. You know, like the civilian culinary industry values experience, like the resume that you built and got this diversity of experience far more than they care if I have a culinary degree or any certification, unless I was a certified master chef, that's different. But even then it's like, it's going to play a role because if, because you, when you go try to get a job as a civilian chef in the, in like the real civilian culinary industry, I'm not talking about Applebee's. I'm talking about like right. real high end restaurants where you could conceivably get paid large amounts of money. You have to like audition, right? Like you don't just put a resume in, you have to go in and interview and then they do a practical like they're going to say, make Asobuco. Here's all the stuff. And they're going to evaluate like everything about how you're doing it. Like your sanitation. And that's how the civilian culinary certification tests are too. You have to do things like we're going to have, they're going to have, there's one, I think it's an executive chef exam where you have to like break down a chicken and then like they're, they they want to see how accurately you do you do that? How much waste is there? What are your sanitation practices like? How good is the finished product of whatever you make out of that? Do you utilize all the ingredients? Because penny pinch, like you're optimizing profit when you're uh, like decreasing the amount of waste that you have. So you want to use every single piece of that food right. to make whatever you're going to make and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, yeah, you don't, it's not real. And it, like it, you could like, and, and it does happen where like you're uh, it, it's like one of those nice to have certifications that can help you get promoted if you're a certified executive chef, but it's not a huge deal. Like LPOC is a way bigger deal. Like, <laughs> yeah. so, so it's like, it kind of exists, but it, you couldn't do the same thing. And because I can't get out of the military whenever I want as a certified executive chef, with only my military experience. And even I like, I got a Gucci culinary degree. It's not a regular one. It's like top two schools in the country. Nice. And it's like, it's, but it is nice, but it's not going to get me a high paying job. Right. I could have a bachelor's degree from that university and it wouldn't get me a high paying job I got in one of the those civilian culinary industry. So I can't get out. <laughs> so I, so I can't get out and uh, get a high paying job with those credentials. So they don't matter the same way. And the Navy shouldn't have to pay me more if the civilian industry isn't going to pay me. Right. But, but to retain those people or turn those, those into people. other things too about it's nice sure. to have a nice fancy resume and have things look good mm -hmm. on paper. But if you can't do your job. Right. Exactly. And that going and on evals, awards, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have all these pretty pieces of paper that go to a board and no right. one has ever met you, particularly in the intelligence community where these people yeah. can't hold an intelligent conversation or make <laughs> eye contact with people or <laughs> even say, Hey, how are you today? And you think that person's going to be a good chief when they have right. one sailor whose wife left them right. and one sailor who's, right. you know, got dead up to their eyeballs. Like, I mean, I, so when we, when we loop back to the beginning and we talk about leadership development and education being the most important thing in my analysis, it's like, if we did that, 
uh, like, so let's say like I'm, I'm emperor for a day and I wave my magic wand and, uh, like all of the things with the leadership development and education curriculum process, whatever, uh, is fixed. And then you wait a generation, right? Or if I could wave the magic wand, it just fixes everything, everything. Like all the chiefs cool. are all of a sudden competent leaders. So it's like what you would find is a large percentage of those people wouldn't have those problems anymore. So then, cause a lot of times when we talk about this topic, people like to think that I like that I have some, some misguided vision of creating just this organization of hyper competent leaders, not even a little bit like, that's not what I would love for that to happen. That's the dream. But, but that's like step I, one. What step one is I want to increase leadership competence in the Navy across the board at all levels by 10%. Do you know what that would do? Do you know how much that would fix? How do you Just measure a 10% of that? increase? Yeah. How do you say that again? How do you measure it? What is 10%? You don't. You can't. I'm just, right. yeah. I, I, it's the way that I'm articulating it. I right. don't expect all of these chiefs to all of a sudden become Everything hyper-competent, transformative right. leaders that are Jerviolota or uh, like some of my favorite like Facebook, like Jay Bell and, and Bill Houlihan as CMCs. There are these guys right. that are, are pretty active on social media that to, to me, it, like the perception is they're hyper-competent, like very good CMCs. But I don't expect every single person to be able to do that. But I think that most people can be trained to be competent leaders. Like I can get you to a C minus, you know what I'm saying? Like I can get most people if they have the desire to do well in that position, like if they really want to be in that position, unlike that mechanic I described earlier, like if they want to be a chief and be in a leadership position to take care of sailors, if that desire really genuinely exists and and they're not just conforming to the upper out construct, I can make a functional leader out of that person that knows how to competently care for their people, like their sailors. Like it's not, and I, they'll never be a number one EP chief. I don't need them to be that, right? I just need you to because be- Because it's not about them. At that standard. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. I need you to be at the standard, meeting a standard that we create that says, this is what a competent chief looks like. And you don't need to be a high performing overachieving chief. I just need you to be operationally like functional. Like I just based on a robust leadership development and curriculum and a, and a, a set of like a set of principles that makes any kind of sense. Like I, I'm, I harp on the, the CPO creed quite a bit because we've decided as an organization to align a lot of our existing training with a, just gibberish like it's it, it, it means parts, nothing there are it's parts cool. of it, it gives that you good feel good sound nice but right it doesn't tell you anything but there's parts about it that sound nice and give you the warm fuzzies there's parts of it that are ridiculous and shouldn't be in there and are are honestly embarrassing but when you look at the mission vision and guiding principles that's a different that's a different thing that's a much better metric. And to, to the point that, thank God, it's used to actually literally evaluate chiefs. It's what the chief eval is. But uh, like that's there's not accuracy our, in reporting. It, well, that too. That's a totally <laughs> different topic. I'm just talking right. about no, like I if you if I if I say to the Mick Pond, what is a chief petty officer? Like explain to me what a chief is. 
Someone who how aligns do you with do this. That? Right. How do yeah, how do right. you do that? How like I would bet you money that they can't explain it. They can explain to you what they what they would like a chief to be. They can explain to you like this ideal that we strive for, but it's not what lar- chiefs There's at no large chiefs at large. Gen pop. Yeah, gen pop, not that thing. Not even right. close. And so, like, if we're missing the mark by such a egregious measure, and and we're do, we're consciously deciding to align our woefully inadequate training that does exist with just word salad on a on a plaque, like it doesn't. Then of course we're going to be egregiously missing the mark. And so, I what I what I have such a hard time with is like if if we could just align it correctly and i'm fine like could we do better than the mission vision and guiding principles i don't know maybe i'd have to really dig into it but i think they're a pretty good starting point and so if we realigned everything with that in mind and constantly strove for that and then diverge technical expertise at some point which i think chief petty officer is a pretty good place we said hey you're either going to be a technical expert or you're going to be uh a leader an enlisted leader Right. And I think like you could the technical expertise think you could make up a new thing. You could realign warrant officers to be that you could. There's a bunch of ways you could do it, but absolutely possible. We borderline. I think it's CTIs. Yeah, we all very, very possible. We're broken up by language community. And once you make E9, you're taken out completely of a group and you're in your own group and they don't have to meet the same like silly technical requirements. It's fits for like competition and stuff like that. Unless no you're going to be a CMC. A quota. Um, but I guess but it, it kind of yeah. does that. Like I have to take a DLPT for my language every year. They don't have to do that right. because they're focused on being master chiefs instead of because, yeah, sitting with not, headphones on. But then who do I, who do, who do I, and when I say I, I mean the CT community, like, so pretend I'm like a manifestation, I guess. Right. Uh, who do I go to for that level of technical, like, technical expertise type guidance. And I don't mean like I'm consulting a human tech manual. I mean, like when we're steering the ship that is like the CTN rating, who do I go to if you're not, you're effectively not a CTN anymore or a CTI or whatever flavor we're talking about. Ideally one of two people, one, it should be your first class period. They should have that technical expertise still in my opinion in my, I would, in my again, like, like tech manual, technical expertise, I would agree. <laughs> but like the, cause you got to think there is an institutional, like strategic level vision that they're just not going to have by no Why fault not? of their own because they're they, like, okay. How, so, yeah. But so I'm, like, I would say if you, and, I, and I'm, I'm reacting to what, what a first class is right now, not right. what it could be. So that's what I mean. Like, I feel like we would need to invent a different thing and a revision of current metrics. Like, I don't think that would be good enough because it like, even though it's effectively going to be a rebranding, I think that rebranding is necessary. It's like, it's like if we came up with a, an idea of like, um, have you ever seen any of the, like the mall rats movies or like any Kevin Smith movies? Yes. I'm a giant Kevin Smith fan. Okay. I'm big so you're gonna, I'm, fan, I yeah. can't, I can't make the reference, but you'll understand what I'm talking about is like, Hey, we're going to reclaim the term shipmate. We're taking it back. Right. We're going to, ma- we're going to make it great again. Like we're going to take that word and we're going to turn it into a term of endearment. 
from the Chiefs. It's I like it's that, never that, gonna like, work. That endeavor it's started never, over ten years ago, and I still never gonna cringe, work. Like it's right, exactly. It's never gonna work because, of course, it's not gonna work. You're not going to rehab that into being anything useful. Because even it has I to be like, something new. When I yeah, when I meant it as a term of endearment. I always kind of slyly grinned when You're I said like, it, which I'm I didn't sorry. use it a lot because I know I understand. Right. Like, so I'd kind of joke around. Um, but I, I use the word with the understanding of the connotations that it has when you're using it on junior sailors. Right. Right. So I, I, I employed it in a tongue in cheek kind of way on purpose, but it's like, I think you would need the rebranding because for, for that exact reason, like in the, in the very much the same way that you're never going to ever, ever reclaim the term shipmate, mm-hmm. you're also going to, you're going to run into a lot of issues by virtue of the fact that we're still calling them first classes and everybody has this really ingrained idea, right or wrong and wildly varying, I'm sure, of what a first class is. So I think you would just need to rebrand it, even though functionally it's going to be very similar in a lot of ways to open up this whole new like frontier for that person that traditionally in the old mechanism would have just been what we understand to be a first class petty officer to be this totally different thing. Because then it's like, cause then I can just make it up. I can just decide this is what this technical specialist is going to be like, or like you could call like a technical supervisor or something to that effect. Or just make up some other ridiculous nautical based term. We could just be funny that, and call them tech sergeants and just be weird. Ah, that'd be funny. <laughs> or tech. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of a, like a petty officer term, like a not like like not a, like a tech petty officer or a, a, a techie officer. I'll come, I'll, I'll come up with a meme thing later, but yes. um, <laughs> yeah, it's like. I can just then I can just completely start from scratch. It's a blank canvas for us to decide what is the or what's going to best serve the organization and what's going to best serve the progression of all these people into the hierarchy of this new alignment and right. make it all work right and right. it's like but i don't have to i don't have to uh fight against the the misconception people have of oh well this first classes are this now it's like right. no they're not they're they're this other thing so you don't have to re like you don't have to breed that out of the system where it's like, okay, this it's a new thing now, but it's right. going to take 20 years for that to really sink in. Right. I mean, I think there needs to be a change in what we expect and, and do as first classes coming from first class. But because I I'm in a weird position that I've been filling this chief role for quite some time for like 95% of things. Right. So I'm like a khaki call. I get the emails. I do the things I advocate, but I'm, not allowed to go to QRBs or right. I've right. gone to XOI <laughs> for in their chain of command. Like there's certain yeah. levels of things. And so I'm always seeking out like, why, what's the difference? What, what are you hiding? Yeah. Or why not? Why aren't you teaching me? I it, think the first the class sh- should be straddling the line of yeah. when the time comes, it's an, I don't want to say easy, but a much less painful the- transition, but they're still capable and able to, do all of those things like they yeah. should be both ways. The dirty, the dirty little secret is like there is no real reason oh, why you couldn't be in most most of those situations. The only the, the exceptions I would say is like any any time where, um, so like let's say you have like a first class that's effectively a peer, even though you're filling a chief's role, and they were going to DRB, <sighs> like 
you, I, you could make an argument for you being there, but you could also make an argument for your not being there. Because what if, granted, if they're at DRB, this is probably not going to happen. But like, what if they made chief before you? And then now you were at their DRB. It creates a weird dynamic. But even that, it's like, that's a pretty flimsy argument for you not being present in a lot of a lot of these situations and like I agree and you can be a, present like a, and not speak you could just observe if, you could have a learning opportunity right, before you're in and the seat there there are messes that do that like there are messes like if we're doing a drb on an e3 there are messes like if you're a board eligible first class sit there and don't talk and and observe because i want be you to see this and i want you to learn what this is why we do it what really happens behind the door not what you see on reddit which also happens behind doors at bad commands and messes. I'm not denying that some of that is true, but, um, but yeah, there are places that do do that and it is really productive, but they, they wait for the right circumstances because again, if I'm DRB in a board eligible first class, probably not the, the venue for you to be in there. Um, probably it does. But if I'm, tr if I'm saying, Hey, CTI one, you're the acting chief. I'm going to treat you like you're a chief 99% of the time. So if you're, if I'm DRBing a first class that is a direct report to you, you're going to be in the room. You're right. not going to say anything unless I directly address you, but you're going to be in the room, hundred percent, right. because you sh you're filling that chief's role. So I, you don't get to you don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to say you're going to fill this chief's role, have this chief's responsibility, not get the pay, and then I'm going to exclude you from these events where. Training evolutions the, that are going to come up eventually. You're, you're, if you're filling that chief's role and there's a chief role at a DRB for that person, it's like, how can I exclude you? It doesn't make any sense. Or at NJP, where the chain of command representation generally speaks a little bit on like, hey, you know, Or chief, a what QRB do you think for a sailor. And instead, in, the, should be in the example. Like, come on. And in, but that, there, yeah. you know, if there's someone filling this role who has, you know, 16 sailors going up for this QRB, and instead of letting that person go, who knows, every, and you could argue and say, well, it should be in the brag sheet, it should be in the briefing card, yeah. you should have prepared it, right? But you can but speak to those yeah. things if you you can advocate better right. for someone that you know. There's and instead of passing my folder nuance to, and everything, yeah, to someone else. It doesn't That's make just sense. my opinion. You I'm, should you should be no. Nah, it's not like you should be in that room. Like you, opinion or not. Like I'm telling you. Like if I was your CMC, you'd be in that in that room because it it makes too much sense for you not to be in that room. And sure, could I construct a scenario where I might change my mind? Of course I could. But 99% of the time, every scenario where I would have that chief that billet that you're filling, if you were a chief in that room, you're going to be in the room. Right. But the the excuse is like this fuck it's it's the same thing i talk about with like the chief season transparency thing it's like they just decide that like there's like some unspoken uh, like intangible whatever that chiefs have or that chiefs like things that happen within like the connective tissue that like it's just a stupid thing they can't explain and it's not real it's just there <laughs> there's Your this strengths and things are exposed and and blossomed during this time is the way i i would no, like to believe I mean, it, it to be no, no one changes. If you're changing the kind of person yeah, that you are in six weeks, right? Something is wrong. But they're made the to believe. The there, 
they're made to believe there's like this magic quality. It's it's part of the incompetence that is is wired is part of the wiring of the chief season where in in lieu of robust leadership development and education, it's like you're being indoctrinated into the club. And right. it's like it's not all that and it's not every mess. But a lot of the time, the training curri- like curriculum or continuum or whatever you want to call it is based in this like uh the and super again, I'm gonna, secret I'm, like I'm yeah well I'm gonna forget this sorta yeah it, but it's like I I and I'm gonna forget if it was you or that other I was I've been interacting with so many people lately and one of them was a CT first class also female so I'm just you'll like, understand I'm, when you get there that was I'm me. sorry yeah that that was you so like that was oh me. you'll understand when you go through the cheese season it's like it's because you they don't know how to answer the question they don't know what to say to you they don't actually know the answer so they come up with all these like gray area euphemisms and it's like that's not real that's not it, you're not gonna figure it out when you go through the season you're gonna be more confused on the other end than you were at the beginning and you're now gonna I'm thinking, well shit i missed it but like yeah because, no you're oh, gonna they be, told me i was gonna get it here yeah. and, and and then and then changed. here's the here's the best one here's the best part is they're gonna tell you and it's in the it's in the creed they're gonna tell you that along the way you're gonna just discover you're gonna have all these moments of realization and aha moments throughout the the your time as a chief that oh that's what they were trying to teach me and i'm like will that happen it will 100 percent why is it happening? Because you didn't effectively communicate it the first time around. Because I didn't get the education I was supposed to from day one all the way up to and during the chief season. Because you are an ineffective leader in that position where it's your responsibility to teach me this thing and make sure that I leave with the understanding that I need to to be a good chief. And it didn't happen because you didn't know how to do it. That's the real answer. And it's not an it's not an indictment of that person. It's an indictment of the system. Process. It's an in, it's an indictment of our lack of leadership development and education all along the way, which leads to a chief that doesn't know how to do that. It's not ninety nine percent of it's not their fault. It's just that's that's the, the construct. That's right. what we have. And, and that's I, what you're that's what you have to operate within because there's nothing else. There's nothing else. Except for you and, getting lucky and finding a good mentor or which is a chief mess like I did or right. whatever. But, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. try and I I want to be as as impactful as I possibly can. I want good things to happen for people, as many of them as as I can possibly get involved with. And so I'm I'm like, what can I do now? I don't want to wait. Like, what kind of stuff can you teach me now to make sure yeah. that day one I'm yeah. going and, and which and is no how hesitation. It should be. And they'll, and the answers that, and sometimes I get good ones and then other times, it's, oh, mm-hmm. you'll see. And this is my opinion, having been on only this side that, yeah, man, that sounds like, I don't want to find out wrong. Why later, would you hold like, that yeah. back from me? Why would you <laughs> I don't, keep that magical leadership sauce behind the door? Well, but Why wouldn't you want everyone to have it? It's not real. They I don't know. have it. I know. There is no secret sauce. There, the emperor know. has no clothes. Like it's not real. But there's yeah, this, it's and, not. Yeah. And there's yeah. this huge divide between the white hats and the khakis and the yeah. the Mick Pond That's going why. on Reddit. The the answers yep. in that Reddit thread. So many of them are. I'm what are so we doing scared about for the him. Divide? Yeah. I'm so scared for yeah. him to. I'm gonna be. 
as long as I can be, I'm going to be on for that. Uh, and I have just a day off tomorrow. I will parent, be on. <laughs> I, I, I have class in the morning. I mm. forget what time it was, but like I'm going to do my best to monitor This thing's that. at 1400 Eastern. So, so that's my time 11? would be noon no 11 yeah 11, 11. Yeah. i should be out of class so i'll probably okay. be at the library monitoring that nice i am ter- i don't think this man has any idea what reddit is and i, I don't really I, like, have any we, idea what reddit is i just I read mean, stuff on there that's all i have a little i have a little bit of an understanding um it, i don't think he has any idea what reddit is i don't i think he has any idea what he's in for i when i i got told hey you should post your podcast on reddit by a listener years ago so i'm like okay so I went to the Reddit sub, read the rules, and I was like, oh, I don't think I can post them. So I, I reached out to some mods and I was like, hey, a, a listener of my podcast directed me to the sub and said, hey, I, you should really post your stuff on Reddit. I think it would be valuable, blah, blah, blah. And so they were like, uh, yeah, give us a minute to talk about it. And so all the mods like conferred. And I guess there was a couple of mods that were listeners that were super big advocates of mine. And can I, and these so, are mods that for, for the Navy subreddit, not subreddit, like overall correct. Reddit rules, yeah. but like, nope. okay, okay. Navy subreddit, which has its own rules. So they were, they kind of conferred and uh, two, I think two of them, two or three of them were listeners and they were big advocates. So the, all the mods kind of came to a consensus of, yes, you can post your podcast here. But also I had a mod kind of give me a, like a primer of like, look, man, I hope you understand what you're getting into because here's what's going to happen. And like, explain to me, like you're a senior chief that's doing a podcast on they're the They're going to dump all over they're you. They're going to eat your face, dude. And I was just like, I, I better people have tried and failed to lower my self-esteem. Like it's not <laughs> because they were, they were like, we've had like do-gooder chiefs come, come with stuff like this before and get run off with in short order. And I'm like, look, I appreciate your concern. I'll be fine. Give me a second. I'll give it a shot. I'm fine. And like, and I, I, what a lot of times what happens is, uh, Redditors come to my defense in the comments that are listeners before I even get a chance to address negative comments. And so I usually don't have to. And then even when I do, I'm like, why don't you come on and talk about it with me? And which is not what they expect. And no one, has anyone ever been like, I would love to argue with you. Not... So uh, I would say the closest example I would have is Dan, who I'm going to talk to soon. Um, And he's a Naval Special Warfare tech first class that uh, he was kind of. He commented on the on the McPond. The McPond. I'm sure he did. Uh, The he's he was hyper skeptical of me initially. But then when we talked like but he wasn't like. He, I don't, I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. I don't think he did. He doesn't seem like the type, honestly, to like, maybe he flamed me in some comments at some point. I don't know. But like, he was, he was pushing back hard on certain things. And I, I, I don't think my response was typical of what he expected. And then he, based on that, was willing to come on the podcast. And now, like, he's earned his respect. Yeah. He's a good friend of mine. I love him to death. He's a great, he's a great dude. But the Sailor 360 uh, topic I'm trying to teach is that we teach people <laughs> to respect leaders and not trust them like or blindly, teach leaders yeah. to earn the trust. And yeah, right. that's a whole separate thing. But yeah. I like it. Um, but yeah, so he but I a lot of times I, I I'll diffuse their their uh, vitriol by the way that I respond. But I usually there's there was a nuke that I, I mean, that's that person. um 
I believe it was a female sailor. I'm not sure. I was just based on the Reddit name uh, that I don't even remember and wouldn't repeat if I did. But um, they were, I posted some stuff on, I did some podcasts with like Wire Nukes Matt all the time. And it was with some enlisted, an enlisted nuke electrician. I've done some other nuke stuff with like the guy that runs the reactor is critical and stuff. But um, j- he, the first one I posted just ate my face. Like just, it was and you could tell it what it basically had nothing to do with me. It all had to do with their represent every other chief they've ever as met an, that has well, hurt their feelings and nuclear power too. Yeah, like yeah, pretty much. And like the story that got relayed in that vitriol, I was just like, oh my god! I was like, do you you? I want to talk to you. I want you to come on and talk to me about all this. And if not on a podcast, just get, we can get on a phone call and I won't even publish anything. I just want to talk to you about your experience. And based on like my response, cause I basically was just like, what happened that made you this angry? And I, and I mean that, like, I really want to know, I want you to explain it to me so that I can like understand. And I don't think they expected that. So then I, it became a little softer, but still pretty harsh criticism and then they deleted the comments and then when when i posted another episode i posted another one where i took some of their criticism into account and um you know like because i i understand within that vitriol there probably is some like little nuggets here and there pull from i there's a david goggins thing where he was talking about trying to break the pull-up world record and he would post videos of him doing pull-ups and all these people would just like harshly dump on him about like his you're never going to break this record your technique's terrible you're too big your grip's wrong blah 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 and they were doing it in a really harsh way and he was just like analyzing it and when he saw a trend he's like okay yeah they're being jerks but also they might be right like my grip might be wrong so then he would start looking into what's the optimal grip and what's this and that and technique stuff and then he broke the pull-up world record so it's like i'm like oh okay so like within all the usefulness in the right i can i have thick enough skin that i can sift through all that and throw away the the vitriol type comments because i know it's coming from that place of yeah they're painting me as every other chief that did them wrong and blah 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 and it's fine i can take it and i understand that I have ownership in the chief's mess like i have some ownership in that negative experience that you had even though i had no control over it I still am part of that organization. I, I represent the chief's mess. So I understand. And I, I am trying my damnedest to, to fix some of that stuff. So, um, but yeah, and then they just commented on the next one. Like this is, this one was way better. Like, oh, well, thanks. Like, I, it was <laughs> at least real. they listened yeah, again. At least they, they like yeah. gave you another chance and they were like. And I, I think I just, I just won over the, be- the I, I earned the benefit of the doubt based on that interaction. And so when they listened the next time, I, they probably had a little more, um, a little more of a, yeah, open-minded perspective as they right. were listening. And they were just like, okay, this one's much better. Cause I don't even know how different it really was, but I had them in mind when I was recording it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, but as far as like just just the redditors that flame me, like I posted, I posted the episode and the or the video I think to how to make chief kind of about my board experience and uh, like the is basically just board training, and uh, I posted it and because of the title only they didn't definitely didn't listen to it because like it was like the comedic timing of within. 
10 seconds of the video posting on Reddit, somebody commented, be fat. And I was just like, I fell out of my chair laughing. And I was just like the comedic timing and just the like, of course you said that. It was hilarious. But like the type of people that flame the the stuff in that way without even listening to it. I mean, it's like I just laugh it off. But then the ones that have harsh criticism that where they're 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 substituting like the horrible experiences they had with a chief or chiefs uh, with it, they're substituting me with them and and just using me as a target. It's like I'll be your dartboard if it's if it's cathartic. Like I don't care, but I I don't. See, I, I just you're never going to get them to have a conversation with you anyway. Usually, like it, it'll be the ones that are a little like, you, like their their criticism can be harsh, but it's also like founded in logic and and an intelligent articulation of it. And that was Dan when he when the he intelligent articulation is what that matters. was. That was the one where I was like, oh, come talk about it. Let's, right. let's do it. Let's do a podcast and we can talk about it because I love that. I, I want to have that discourse with people that disagree with me. I have absolutely no problem with you disagreeing with me. And I'm even open to like you convincing me that I'm in fact wrong. So let's talk about it right. because I'm not an E6 right now. Like I'm not in your position or I'm not a junior sailor or I'm not a nuke. I'm not a CT. I'm not any of these things. So you might be right. So let's talk about it. And like, and I want you Which to awesome. try to convince me. And that, uh, yeah, that kind of dialogue. Not everyone is like that. Some people are, yeah. you know, I'm, this is it. And you're, you're not yeah. here yet. Your voice doesn't matter. It's not as there loud. Are and- some, there are some things I would probably come across that way where I'm digging my heels in, but I'm a hundred percent open to, to debating certain things. And you, I, even with those things, the things that I feel like I'm pretty dug in on, I'm still open to somebody convincing me I'm wrong. Like you could try to convince, even if you don't get there, you could, you could try to convince me. There's not a giant problem with leadership development and education in the Navy. I will do your best. Right. I will talk to that person. Have you seen those memes with the sign? But I'll talk to you about it. Right. Like I'll talk to you about it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that one is pretty clear cut, but like I'll talk to anybody about it. You know, like I'm the thing that gets me that, you know, people can, blast and, and post crap on the internet all the time. And that's fine. I get it. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes like the, the get yeah. that one, that's funny. That, I'm not <laughs> that was that's hilarious. Funny. I was going dying. Through, going through the responses to that initial like Mick Pons on Reddit and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so many I'm wondering, people talk just, to me about that because I haven't gotten to look at it yet. I, I would love to know well, there was, some of, like at least the theme. You don't have to go into details yeah, if you don't want there to. Was, there was the first post like I don't know, somewhere seven to 10 days ago ish that his staff had said, we hear you, Mick Pond's on Reddit, put your, Yeah, you know, I saw that. And I commented on that and I was like, I'm happy to have him on the podcast if, yeah. he, if he wants to. <laughs> I would say probably 20 to 30% of the comments were beards. Cool, that's fine. Like, ah. I'm not discounting, <laughs> I want people to have, I submitted a request to the Uniform uh, Matters hilarious. office a few weeks ago, yeah. requesting that all males have the same grooming standards as all females, just because I don't see why not, period. Um, but that's different, okay. right? But anyway, yeah. Um. So, but beards was a I could big have a ponytail. Thing. Why not? Yes. Why not? I don't know. Why not? I like the only argument against uh, beards I is like the face seal thing, which is absolutely shenanigans. And here's why: uh, I've been a submariner. Oh, I was a submariner my entire career. Every single time we shut the hatch, we started growing beards until outsiders came on board. And then we would shave for like inspections right. and whatever. But to say I that, can't get 
I I have I have combated a casualty involving smoke more than once with facial hair, and I my face seal was just fine. I was sucking rubber in a real fire, and it was fine. Like so, I seen so that, that a face argument mask in over twelve years. I don't know well, that I that, could find one if I needed one. Yeah, that too. So I don't I don't think there's any reason why shore sailors like if you're on shore duty there is there are no arguments for not having a beard. I agree Zero. with that, but I also don't think it should be sea versus shore because they have plenty of people on sea duty who sit at a desk or don't do, it but should be like a ponytail. You have you can't you, have a ponytail if, if it's risky. Can't have a beard you're, if it's risky. Right, right. And that's what I mean like but on a ship because because most surface sailors won't agree with me, but on a submarine, everybody is a damage controlman. Like a DC's primary duty is every submariner's collateral duty. Like you don't, everybody fights the ship. And I challenge you to, the, the reason why we think about it that way is because like nobody's been shot at in a really long time. Like go listen to- Which is a whole other episode, problem about- I have an episode called Determined Response that was with James Parlier, who was the command master chief of the USS Cole when it was bombed. Oh. Go listen to that episode if you haven't already. You, Everybody, everybody on board that ship, if something explodes like that, is gonna fight that ship. And that means a damage control response. And the competent damage control response that happened is the only reason the USS Cole is still real. So it's like and you I, I, I if you're I on an operational ship or submarine, you are in that environment. And so and and I'm not saying you you can't get a face seal with a beard, but what I am saying is you're trying to overcome a, it's like a Navosh study or like a, some other study where they supposedly studied this and came up with like objective quality evidence saying that you can't get a proper face seal with a beard. And I'm like, so that's what you're going up against. And you're never going to win that argument. So it's I like, I don't know about never. That's pretty close. I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, that came from someone who a, couldn't grow a solid beard and decided to say, yeah, no one else can have them since I can't do it. Yeah, I, I mean, I it, it well, it's from, just a rigid adherence to what they believe to be like some sort of a tradition, that, even though go that. go look, go look at pictures of my dad on a destroyer in right, Vietnam. Right. And it's not real. So I it's had, like I had this conversation yeah. with one of my parents' friends who is a yeah. old, old Air Force veteran about just just why not? Not because I really yeah. think it matters, like the earring thing. It's not changing people's lives, but it's helping. Yeah. And there's no good right. reason why not. Why there can't isn't. men have there long isn't. hair? It's not there a safety isn't. issue. It's because we have long hair. We make it, it work. Women it have been in the Navy be, for decades. It could be in certain scenarios, but not many. Like so, for instance, long hair in your face while you're operating a food mixer is so, a recipe to get scalped. Okay, so, so what do your females do? They tie their hair back. Okay, that's yeah. That's I'm not saying you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'm with men you. Follow I'm with the you. same grooming standards as female. Don't let your hair um, grow down to your butt crack, but grow your hair sure. if you want to. Yeah, uh, I would. I would argue put it back if you have to. Whatever. I would There's argue no there reason. might. I would argue there might be scenarios where it's a bad idea, but I don't know what they are because, like, it's possible. But I, Women, I'm with you that like. Most of the time, there's no reason why they couldn't right. be the same. Women For are sure. doing all the yeah. things that men are doing, like 99.9% .9 in uh, the Navy. They, yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. It's like the tiny percentile, like, could SOCOM make an argument for a, a female Navy SEAL that's not even real yet? Not having long hair 
I don't know. Maybe. But aren't they I've the never ones with Navy beards and long before. hair? A fair point. Right? And not like, like not like it's not. I'm not saying it's long not like locks. it's right. out of regs, but it's not as long as yours. Right. Yeah, it's it's um, it's they're definitely not conforming to grooming standards, but right. like yeah, but like yeah, why, and, and you can be professional without having right like that type of haircut and it's not about uniformity yeah, yeah, yeah. because we have black boots brown boots eight point yeah ball cap, yep yep everything's guns, optional short hair now you can have like wear the patches don't wear the patches wear you brown wear boots wear patch. not brown boots you wear can this wear just yeah one patch like if you want to like it's not about uniformity it's so that's a that's yeah, a crap response right, like and right. i don't know i'll just, say professionalism because that's much more ambiguous what does that even mean you know what I mean? yeah. oh, it doesn't look professional Okay, define that. Oh, you can't? Weird. I'm shocked. Cool. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, the same thing with complimentary. That's why we got rid of that. Because yeah, yeah, your yeah. idea. Yeah. So that's but Unbecoming. My point is people yeah. bashing things on the internet just to be mad. Yeah. Just to yeah. just to be hurt. Well, just and, to whine like yeah. a child. It's, you're such and, an easy target if you're like I'm the McPon and I look right. like I'm 70. Ask me anything. Right. It's like, but like okay. <laughs> I think I said it earlier. I learned. I, I, I was complaining all the time. I couldn't stop letting people know how, how I was the victim of what these people did to me. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I just complained about stuff all the yeah. time. And then I learned that there's a difference between complaining and whining and, mm-hmm. and speaking in a way that will get your voice heard and yeah, earning that. There's voice. also. There's also a difference between like, so those people that are articulating, like they're, that are like venting their frustrations on the world. To me, that's just a siren for there's a need not being met for this person, whatever it is. So let's start addressing that need as leaders and they won't be doing that the same way. I think that they'll, along with leadership development education, they'll arrive at the place that you did much sooner. They'll find that if my needs are being met, I'm not going to be angry so angry. at the world on, on the same scale. Like the military is still going to be freaking hard, right? right. We're still going to be stressed out and not get enough sleep and all this other stuff. But it's, yeah, they're not going to be so angry about it. So when they do articulate themselves, it's much more, it's much more uh, likely that a trained eye, and that's the, that's an important part of it is going to interpret that as an unmet need that I can fix. And I'm going to go do that because that's my responsibility as their leader. Right. But there's also, so, especially to the yeah. big pond, how is the, he going to say, sure. Oh, you're really pissed. Sorry. <laughs> like that's not, yeah. Gonna what's he going to say? And, what's he going to say? Yeah. And I, when I, you have 200 comments being like, right, this is a waste of time. So they're not even but, putting their comments. They're just saying it's y- a waste of time. Yeah. That well, the, it kind they're kind of not wrong though, because what like based on the uh vitriol that came from russ smith's all hands call on the i think it was it was a george washington wasn't it am i, am I right about that i get for some reason the bush the lower the your standards washington, i don't remember which yeah it was, but he yes, never exactly said lower your standards he I never know. said that i know um but, the, but there's t-shirts that the say debacle yeah i know <laughs> the debacle that happened though what became extremely apparent to me when that happened is no one has any idea what the McPond does for a living. No one knows what his duties and responsibilities are because he got pissed off, I think, during that uh, all-hands call, which is kind of why it went the way that it went a little. That's my my uh, intuition speaking by listening and reading the transcript and stuff. But I think he got upset because he has put in 
an ungodly amount of effort and hours into doing the maddening task of arguing with a, a suffocating bureaucracy to try to get funding for things like childcare and housing and like really like think needs that everybody's quick to make them problems. Yeah. No, no. Like I would argue like the types of problems that they're raging about in the first place, because like everybody's quick to make a meme about all those things and quick to share articles about how there's mold in the barracks and all these other things. Unknowingly, like ignorant they are they're ignorant of sorry words are hard (laughs) they're ignorant of the things that he's doing because he's not running around saying look what i'm doing on social media but i but he has been advocating and fighting tooth and nail to get these things for and and when they're telling him because they don't they have no idea what his role is he's 17 17 layers removed from the things that you're pissed about. It's right. not his job to fix your habitability your and housing situation. House. Right. Right. Yes. And I understand that they're, they're thinking to themselves, well, my chain of command is not going to do it, even though it is their responsibility. And then it's the next level and the next level and the next well, I've level. I've told my the next chain level, of command 10 more levels before it's the McPons problem. You know right. what I mean? And so like to him, he's just like, okay, like I'll, I guess I'll like luck, go buddy. ask I'll, well, it, like all all that's going to happen when you bring a, a specific issue at a specific command that's not being addressed by the immediate chain of command. They're going to go right back to your command. Wor- yeah. Worst case scenario, he's going to close the door behind your CMC and say, what's going on? And OK, you better fix this rapidly. Or he's going to go to like whatever the next echelon is, like the flag level CMC and say, you need to go fix your CMX <laughs> DMC. And because that like the triad on that carrier could have fixed this problem with a snap of their fingers. And they ended up doing that as soon as they got all that publicity, which is absurd. But it's like the Mick Pond can't run around and like be everyone's superhero that dives into the the uh, details of your the operation of your command day to day and fixes your specific problem. And you see it's and it's probably counterproductive. You see uh Joanne Bass is the Mick Pond of the Air Force, essentially, the uh, command sergeant major of the Air Force. She's very active on social media. And when uh, big military meme sites and stuff tag her and stuff, she looks into it. And sometimes she fixes it. And it's like, can you afford, is that your role as as the senior listed of your service? I don't know. Maybe a little, maybe I don't know. Like I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying she shouldn't be doing what she's doing at all. I think she's amazing. I'm trying to get her on the podcast, but I also think that that it like, there's a, a huge, huge leadership failure, just an epic failure of 17 different layers of leadership if she's the one that's got to swoop in with her chief master sergeant of the air force cape right. on. Fix Where's every single person that God bless her between for, God bless her for looking into it. And I'm sure she's face punching a bunch of chief master was, sergeants. That's what I was going to say. Along the way. Fix it. And then on my way back. Or remediating. Yes. But you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's not her job to swoop in like a superhero, and even though I love that she's doing it. And the Mick Pond can't really be expected to do that either because all the bandwidth that he or she diverts from 
advocating for you in testifying before Congress and doing whatever other ridiculous navigation of a bureaucracy that they have to do to try to wrangle funding and support for all the things that they they are trying to do for enlisted sailors in their branch of service. It's like, I don't want them divert. I don't want the McPond diverting his attention from getting a hundred childcare centers stood up right. for and sailors across the fleet. I don't think sailors are asking McPond to do the things they, one, they want to be heard. They want to know mm-hmm. that their, their issues are valid okay. and they would like that. a little bit of transparency. For example, I'm one of the things well. was, Hey, Transfer- I'm all what are we doing? Like, look at all these pay problems. What are we doing? And right, right. the response but, was, we messed up and we closed PSDs too early. Okay. Yeah, I think so your that, answer should be, here's our plan. We're going to activate this many reservists over the next quarter. We're going to fill this or create this many billets over yeah. the next three years or whatever the case yeah. is. Come up I with a plan to say, like, we're working. Yeah. To an extent, it happens. So, I and the reason I say that is... Go look up some of the stuff. Uh, and I don't know. He might have retired. I was kind of hoping he was going to be the McPon. Honestly, his name is Wes Koshhofer. He's a fleet master chief. I believe uh, CNP. I believe he's that one. The, what uh, Russ Smith was before. Um, And I went to an all hands call that he did. And I've seen some videos that he did. And he does a lot of that explaining what we're trying to do to fix the gap that PSD created with the a bunch of apps and interfacing new programs and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, is it going to work? I don't know. Probably not. But like he is answering those questions. This is what we're doing about it. Um, and I wish more. And, and again, like when I get into the fleet mastery thing and I'll talk, I'm going to talk to Paul Kings very soon. So hopefully I'll, I'll get some of this answered, but, um, it's like there are fleet master chiefs that I think should be answering those questions and, and whatever I, f- I think it was CNP's uh, he was the CNP one, whatever that is uh, like, I mean, I know it's chief and naval personnel, but I don't know like the, what fleet master chief name their aid or whatever. person. Right. Um, well, yeah, he's the CMC that is the, the fleet associated with that. But like, I don't remember what the exact term is, but yeah. it doesn't matter. Something stand. But they're dealing with all like the personnel type issues. So that would be the the he's the main event, really. He's the one that's going to answer those questions. And he does. Like, and I don't I don't even know if he's still in that position, but uh when he was there, he did a pretty good job of answering a lot of those questions. And I thought it was awesome. Um we could use more but, of that. Yeah, yeah. And well, and if you think about it though, he he's in the he's kind of like one of the only ones that is is equipped to answer those questions. Whereas you go and look at a fleet master chief that's at like uh Netsy. Uh, right. He's education and training. Like you got questions about education and training. I got that's you. Your, that's your right. person. But don't ask me about why PSD has gone. And so like uh, this guy came from uh, whatever it was pack fleet. So like, and I don't know where he was before that. Maybe he has, maybe he has some CNP experience. I don't know. But like, if you ask Honia about this stuff, like, I don't know if he knows the answer. Like you can't expect a guy in that position to have the type of granular, granular visibility that somebody like the CNP guy does. Right. right? So it's like, if you want to ask those questions, and, and that's my point about no one knows what the McPond does is like, Ask the person that actually knows the answer to that question and has cognizance over the thing you're concerned about. 
the mikpon by virtue of being the mikpon like that doesn't mean that that person knows everything about everything just because they're overlord of the navy enlisted population right. it's like so you can't and that's he why can't the, the pre-post came out, answer those give questions. us your questions now so that they can come up screen, right? right? They're going to get rid of yeah. ones they don't want to answer. But also, So ask me anything, asterisk. Ask me, right. Ask me something now <laughs> ask that me I can anything, choose to not answer really. tomorrow. Um, that's stupid. I don't ideal, like that. I, ideally, yeah. and, and th- we've had this before, we'll have visitors come to the command and they'll say, submit yeah. your questions to us just so that we, way they can have a response because it's kind of useless to I, be like, hey, I need this thing. And they say- Good question. I'm going to have to go back and then we'll email you in three weeks. Yeah, it it is. It is. But like put up guardrails, but I don't think screening questions is the move either. Like, because if you're going to do an ask me, ask me anything on Reddit, which I don't think is the right forum for him to do this. It is the most dangerous one to do. Yeah, I don't (laughs) think this is the move, my dude, but we're going to see. I, I, uh. I, I applaud his courage, which I don't even think is courage. I think it's ignorance. I don't, th- I think his staff is like, this is a really good idea that'll make you relatable to sailors or something. And he's going to get his face eaten and realize this was a terrible idea because his staff probably doesn't have a, a great understanding of right. it either. Yeah. So I, I, they're just like, they think it's a good idea. And, and I, I, I think it's a good idea, sort of. I just don't think he's the guy. That should be doing it. I think there are people like Wes Koshoffer when he was in that position that would have been an excellent ask me anything on Reddit. One, because he's a submariner. So I know he would have navigated all those BS like flame questions very well. Um, and, and just like if you listen to him speak, I feel like he's just the type of dude that would be able to navigate that really well. But also like April Beldo would have done a great job too. Like if you listen to her speak. I don't think Honia even knows what Reddit is, and I don't think he knows what he's getting himself into, and I don't think he's, I'm going to say capable. Uh, yeah, I, equipped is better. I don't think he has the granular level of knowledge that's going to be required to satisfy the the appetite for answers, like the types of questions that he's going to get. I just don't, he doesn't know the answer. So how is he going to, you know what I mean? Like you're going to get a lot of that gobbledygook talking in circles non-answer answers because he doesn't have the answer right there might be some stuff he gives you a great articulate answer on because it happens to be a thing he knows about but it's but just if you don't like no it's okay and this is that yeah I'm, it's okay to say i don't know but i'm gonna but i'll get back to you and i'll, I'll yeah. hook you up with them or i'll get it and i'll get it to you yeah you don't have to it, make it up like Right. And he has, we know, we don't know. We can tell. Right. Right. And he has the smart people and the, the infrastructure around him to not just say that, but then turn around and like, which he probably won't do either, but like to turn around and then have like, okay, I, I don't know the answer to that in the, in this like detail that you're looking for, but I will find out who does. I will get you that answer. And within seven days there will be a youtube video posted on my account with that person answering that question if not that would be hold me accountable on whatever platform and my pao slack because they have the paos active on reddit they have a whole staff of public affairs people but he also has a they call him an executive assistant i think and it's a post tour cmc that basically like helps him just shoulder the load of all the crap he's got to deal with so like 
Yeah, you know, like you could put a, a point of contact out for one of the PAO probably or the executive assistant and they'll hold me accountable to making sure that that actually happens. And, and it's, it's absolutely like, possible. That would be way be- Oh, yeah, it'd be yeah. easy. That's we- easy money, but they're not going to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Because, because this is what is affecting the Navy 20 years from now is that we are not going to be able to keep people in the Navy that – we need to do the jobs and do them well because we're not taking care of them because to us, to us, the Navy, like they're yeah. just another human body in a uniform mm-hmm. th- that's not a human. And we don't care about yeah. anything and except that you do your job. And if you yeah. want to go, we'll just get a new one. Well, surprise, yeah. one, you're not going to be able to get new people. And also the quality of people you have is going to, affect our ability to win wars mm-hmm. and what are we going to do then i i yeah. like i don't understand how how people are not having the forethought to think about the the mm. big big picture and it just yeah it drives me insane that there's not enough give a damn about the, yeah the the human factor and that mm-hmm. We create all these programs to make sure that we take care of these things to check a box. The Human Factors Council. Have you heard of that thing? Uh-uh. It's a extended operational stress control subcommittee made up uh. of requi- mandatory people are COXO, CMC, Chaplain, DAPA, SAPR. Say all the like collaborative uh. have to meet and discuss the sailors to see if anyone has a problem or not. How about yeah. you just do the job and know what's going on with your people and not because they don't know how. I know, but they don't know, know how. I know, uh, yeah. But we do yeah. this and say, "Oh well, we did we did our screen and no uh, one's we a box problem. checked the thing. I yeah, don't know why there's fine. a problem. We had we our council on humans, but they were okay. Uh, what? what? Yeah, I don't like, understand why? It just drives me uh, crazy. Like I I saw this yeah. thing on Facebook today that just in my small geographical area area mm-hmm. there was seven hundred thousand dollars given out by the navy mooring curve relief society last year alone why and it now, came i'm not up. saying it's a i'm just saying like those problems could probably be solved by competent leadership see what i mean like like it, i'm not saying the navy marine corps relief society doesn't have a, a mission that will never go away but what i am saying it shouldn't is that be our primary probably resource. be yeah, that pro- that uh, that figure should probably be way less. Right, we have people who <laughs> are ten I mean? like, months behind on BAH, mm-hmm. and the answer that we are told to give them is tell uh, them to go to Navy Marine Corps Society of Alone. They'll get oh, back God. pay. Well, that back pay right. is not going to have the twenty four percent interest that they owe their credit card to pay their rent. Like, yep. <gasps> yeah. There's so many. Yeah. There's so many problems. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna. That's the title of the podcast, and I'm gonna wrap it up right here because I'm starving. It's so late. We can do it again though, because I feel like there's a lot more to talk about. I could do about, this all but, day and never. Oh yeah, hey, let's do it. Let's. Yeah. I'm gonna get you to start a podcast for me too. Let's go. I, I, I would will love conduct to. training, I and I, I would. You should. I you actually have a read lot to say. the like the Navy social media handbook the other day just yeah, to I try to figure out. Back. Because about TikTok stuff. Right. Uh, but like, yeah, because I want to be involved. I want to do stuff. I don't want to. And, and even in your initial response to me of like, that's why you did this podcast. I don't want to go start my own podcast. I'm not the greatest person on the planet. I don't want to go. I don't get new followers like this thing yeah. exists and I want to contribute to something awesome. Right. Exactly. And that's that's what I'm saying is you can I have a I have a new mission to turn this podcast platform into 
proceedings magazine the podcast basically i'm in i have i'm already talking to two people about uh who either already have an existing mechanism that they're having a hard time keeping up with or they are they were interested in starting their own thing that was the other ct that i was talking to Ah. um wants to do like a mental health based podcast and has a lot of the infrastructure to do it already and i'm like look like instead of you having to uh like deal with all of the barriers to entry and because there's i mean i pay a lot of fees and like subscription fees and equipment fees and all this other stuff but i have an llc i can deduct a lot of this stuff in my taxes i am getting paid money now so like i have a patreon i have the eventually the youtube thing will i'll be able to monetize it um you have to get like a certain number of subscribers now and all this other crap hit the threshold i'm working towards that yeah Yeah, i'm working towards that and then i have the d gets apparel thing which like there's a little bit of income coming from there so i i'm not even coming out of pocket anymore um so I've told these people, I'm like, look, it got can this be... really cool microphone. Ah, oh, that's nice sick. Up. Why are, are you using that right now? I yeah. couldn't see it. No, okay, it's just cool. hidden that's... off on my laptop. Sorry. I mean, it should probably be closer to your face, but that's another oh. conversation for another time. Sorry. It's all good. It's all good. You're fine. <laughs> Lesson so, learned. But uh, what I'm talking to uh, these people about is like, whether or not you, like, you want to do your own thing or not, which it sounds like like one person wants to do their own thing uh, and it's going to be aimed at the Intel community, but mental health based. So I think it'll apply to a lot of people. Um, and so it's, I'm like, dude, I, I will remove a lot of the barriers to entry and you can just, pu- I'll publish it for you under, under my like banner, but it's like, it'll be all you doing your own thing. I will help you in any way that I can, but I'll take a lot of the, the burden of all of the crap that kind of keeps people from doing it regularly anyway. And then like the other person I'm talking to was doing their own thing, but like life happens and like they're busy working full time and doing all this other stuff. So it's like they're passionate about it, but they can only do it sporadically. I'm like, neat, send me what you have when you have it and I'll publish it. And so same thing for you. Like whenever you have the time and bandwidth and want to rant on something, whether it's just you, whether it's you and someone else, I don't care. It doesn't have to be you and I strictly like you and I can just do this, but like, just do it, record it, send it my way. And, and I'll take, I'll take it from there. I'll edit. I'll, and like, and, and I'm up to like, even giving you, like, I'll give you the login for this service, which I might switch to another service, but you could use this to that way. Like, cause I have this footnotes function that you can't see. You probably just have the chat box, but I have a, I have like a tab where I have chat and then I have footnotes. And so like every time I've cursed or like when I said that one thing that I want to edit out about the squadron Mm -hmm. number, I just footnoted it so I don't even have to edit the whole thing. I go back to the moments where I need to edit and then oh, do that. So it's like, that's cool. That's can, useful. Yeah. Use that. You could use whichever service I'm on, do it that way. And then I can edit it for you with your footnotes and <clears throat> like you're done. I'll do an intro outro. I'll do the, the same thing I do for everything else. Publish it. The end. Your, your work here is done. And, and you have access to my audience, my tools, my, all the things, right? And so that's what I'm, I'm, my goal is, is because there's a lot of people that have a lot of really great things to say and perspectives and opinions and, and analysis no vehicle and whatever. To do so. and, and no vehicle to do it, but also no real dr- desire to create one because it's not the easiest thing in the world. Like starting a podcast is like you say that and it doesn't mean the same thing really to different people. There are people out there that like get a free anchor account and a crappy USB mic and go. And I'm not telling you not to do that. That's a great way to start. But you're you're probably, unless you're like a 
neuroscientist with some super interesting, you know what I mean? Like where I can only get it from you. So it doesn't, right. I'm going to, I'm going to be willing to accept a lower quality product from a genius that I can only get the thing from them. Whereas this kind of stuff, it's like, you gotta, you gotta play the game and hustle and get to get the audience and listeners and viewers Keep them and, in and right. Yep. Yep. Which, and not everybody wants to do that. Some people just have something really awesome to say. And I'm like, I'm that, really, and I think that I want to facilitate them saying it. I think that is you because I, you know, especially I've been going, I've been in the beginning. I think I'm maybe mm. to 2019 right now, but there's plenty of episodes <laughs> where you're like, I'm messing with my mic in the car and it sounds like crap. And I'm just like, I don't yeah, care. Does. Just come, come yeah, start yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm here to listen. And like, I, yeah. I don't care about the quality. It's the stuff. It's the right. message that comes that matters to me. Right. Um, right. But I just, I just want to fill a need. I just want to help how I can. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I yeah. got lots of stuff that I would say, but, and can say, Let's I'm not against saying, but I, whatever, whatever you need, I'm like, I'm just, there's so I'm many so problems. Fired up be, about, that, it's going to be the name of the series. I can see it now. I'm already like I'm, <laughs> painting I'm the picture to, in my mind. The article that I'm working on, I'm trying to divide it yeah. into sub articles, but I'm pretty yeah. sure the title is going to be something along the lines of like the Navy is falling apart and it's all our fault. Like, yeah, it's I our like fault. It. It's not your fault. It's, I'm not blaming anybody like because a lot of people would. But I mean, that's so true. And then maybe someone's gonna be like, oh, my God, what did you say? And maybe they'll read yeah. it. But I don't know. I, have, I was Whatever. looking for it. I have a bunch of printed, um, like I'll do. You can do audio reads from articles, my, my boss. Like, but let's go. Yeah, I'm pumped. Me you're, too. You're now you're now an unofficial uh, member of the D Guts Podcast Network. That's cool. Not really yet. I'm I'm working on it. Put it on my <laughs> new cup. I haven't done anything. Put it all, on your email. All my, I'll send you some stickers. No, I have the stickers. <laughs> I have them. I'm just oh, like I'm yeah. building a cup. But I like it. Yeah. No, I have. You're about to stickers. move, right? Because you're PCSing. So, yes. Yeah. I forgive you. Everything's a disaster. So. <laughs> all right. Well, let's yeah. wrap it up here. Okay. Sorry. Uh, this was this was dope. I'm. This was. I, don't be sorry. This was super fun. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. I want to talk to you again. And I, I really, really want you to consider using your super sweet microphone to record some of this stuff. And then we'll, okay. we'll do a series of podcasts okay. for as long as you want to. Because uh, I, think, I think you've got a lot of really cool things to say. And Thank I think you. it would be cool. I, I want to hear it because this is one of the things that I'm most excited about doing this uh, for is like, I want to hear you talk about things where it's just you. Or you with someone that's not me, because I don't want everything here to be filtered through my context only. Right. And like I, the first guys that I got on the hook, they were they just wanted to do a few, I think, like a series where the first thing they were going to talk about is that Mick Pond debacle, um, the all hands call thing. And they had a couple other topics like the Chiefsmith divide, stuff like that. A couple of first classes. I forget the community. Um, and at, they invited me on, like to be part of it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. I'll do it. Um, but then I was like, nah, actually, no, I don't want to be on it. And they're like, huh? And I'm like, I, I want to hear you two talk about it. I don't. And I want my listeners to hear you two talk about it. And I'll do like a outro thing where I kind of like endorse it, get, get the hook yeah. yeah, or not. Or you'll get 10 minutes of me saying why I think you're wrong. I don't know. It depends on what it is. And I won't like go in on anybody, but I'm just saying like I, I there's a lot of value in those perspectives and it'll give me an understanding. I don't have, it'll give the listeners a perspective that they're not getting currently. And I just think it'll be super interesting and fun and, and provide diverse content and all the things like, I just, I don't, I don't see a downside yet. I might be wrong, but like, I just think it's, it, it's just like proceedings magazine. It's just like, I think the varying 
the varying interpretations of what's going on and varying proposed solutions and all those things are just like, there's nothing but value to be had from that. So I agree. I think it, I think it could be really cool. So, I'm in. Right, I'm I'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you so you much for, for your doing time. This. Sorry, really, it took yeah a very long time. Oh, no, probably this longer is than standard. I this I don't is know. this is standard. This is I don't know what they're like before, like added editing or anything. <laughs> oh yeah, this, no, this is you, three I don't. Hours, so I wasn't sure. I don't chop much out. Like okay. it's going to be a three-hour podcast most likely because I got to do the intro, outro, and add music. Oh, right, right, too. So it'll be three hours. Okay, for sure. But I'm not mad. I had a blast. Great time. Awesome. Me too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. All right. I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, I clearly had a good time <laughs> and uh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, getting that podcast online, getting you guys another perspective um, from just so, like if you think about it, like I, I, it's like a mini me, but also wildly different in a lot of ways, both like uh, being a woman in the military, being in the intel community, like being at a different stage as far as like she's a first class right now. Um, hopefully going to pick up chief eventually or whatever path she decides to go. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited to get different perspectives that are not like influenced by me directly anyway. Like, I mean, she obviously listens, but it's like, uh, instead of my having a conversation with everybody and being involved and, um, potentially like influencing the lens through which they see all these things, it's like, it's, I'm very excited to start getting a lot of different perspectives and uh like topics and all kinds of things um mixed in so that there's a much more diverse um like outlook and and uh perspective and even if it's divergent from my own so i'm really excited about that um this <laughs> hers might not always be divergent from my own because like i said she's very we're very similar um but i'm very excited we, i got a bunch of other stuff where i'm talking to a bunch of other people about doing very similar things uh, and being contributors. So I'm very excited for that. And I hope you all enjoy this podcast because you're going to hear a lot more from from her uh, along the way. Um, so like always, uh, if you need anything from us, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast. Or you can DM us on Instagram, Reddit or Discord at DGUS podcast. Uh, if you want to support us, you can go to the website. There's a donate button, dguspodcast.com, or you can go get some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public at dgutsapparel.com. we got a whole different thing going on there with uh, all the apparel and the stickers and all the things. I'm very excited uh, to start working on some new stuff there. And then, uh, as, as always, I, I, I plugged it at the beginning, but uh, if you're willing to and you're able, go over to patreon.com slash podcast. Check out all the tiers, all the benefits, all the things. And if you can and you're willing, please consider becoming a patron. It supports, supports us tremendously, allows us to expand the platform and do all kinds of things without having to come out of pocket for all the expenses. I am not paying myself a paycheck from any of the platform uh, income. I am just trying to uh, pay all the bills not out of pocket and then use the rest of the money to expand it to do more and more cool things uh, and create more content and uh, just expand in a way that's meaningful to the audience. So uh, if you can and you're willing to, those are all the ways that you can support us. Uh, if you don't want to commit money to it, just go subscribe on YouTube, share the content, tag your friends, review us on all the platforms for podcasts and and all the other things. And, and that helps as well. So uh, if, if you can't support us directly monetarily, there's all kinds of other ways that you can. And it's very, very helpful to get the word out. Uh, and with that, that's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. Hey, shout out to the patrons out there that are supporting the podcast platform uh, via our Patreon. I really appreciate all of you. Uh, Victoria Livingood, 
uh, and William McIver are level fives, which is in still insane to me that you uh, saints are willing to support us on that level and in that way. Uh, two level twos, we got Ariana, uh, and we got Greg, and then we got Seth and Ryan at level one. You're all amazing. I appreciate all of you, and uh, you're enabling uh, not only for us to not be supporting this out of pocket, but also for us to expand into areas we've always wanted to, uh, because now we have the funds to do it. So I really appreciate all of you. If you want to support us in that way, please go to patreon.com slash podcast and become a patron today.